This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. I'm going to do that again. I was just don't even uh, I did press record. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Clayton. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that loves the rarity of a Kovacic goal, indeed. Uh, Now, real football returned on Saturday when Chelsea faced what looked like a tough match against Villa. Tommy Tuchel became Tommy Tweaker, not for the first time, and could have ended up with sauerkraut all over his face. Uh, Last season, Villa's aggressive press, uh, control of the midfield and decent attempts on goal might have resulted in a Chelsea defeat. But this season, things are very different. Buying a proven world-class striker for nearly 100 million should guarantee you goals. And with Romelu Lukaku, that's exactly what we are getting. He had a quiet game, but two chances and both ended up in the back of the net. Villa were the better side for most of the match, and yet they lost 3-0. I hope Tommy Tweaker has learned a valuable lesson in what this team lacks when Jorginho and Mount don't play. Jorginho came on and basically regained control of the midfield after new boy Saul looked out of his depth and shell-shocked with the physicality, pace and intensity of the Premier League, just as Jorginho had several seasons ago. Hopefully, Saul will now get some time to acclimatise to the rigours of the Premier League and, like Jorginho, improve over time. But in the meantime, better not call Saul. There we go, the Chelsea fancast. Number 836 could not be called anything other than better not call Saul. So there we go. Um... I have to be honest, JK, you know, uh, it was actually entertaining, really. I mean, I, 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 I think there's something about two cool sides that when, when, when we go ahead, it, it's, it, I mean, I've said this to you before, haven't I? It's a bit like it was in, in Mourinho. You, you, you know, once you get ahead, we, we let in so few goals, you just think, well, we're going to win. So you just enjoy it for what it is rather than panicking and freaking out. But that could just be me. 
I think there was more solidity under Mourinho. Um, but uh, I could be wrong. It's 15 years ago. So uh, 16 years ago, 15. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I must admit the the um, we're so powerful in all those positions. But we did we did rely heavily on an outstanding Mondi, who was uh, absolutely terrific with a whole series of excellent saves. They were very good, Villa. They were very very good indeed, and put a, put us under a lot of pressure. Um, but um, uh, I just wonder if we're playing a bit differently wow. to how we played last season because we've got Lukaku. I wonder whether the tactically it's it's just slightly less um, stifling for yeah. oppositions. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. I think that might have had something to do with other things, but we will get into that. Yeah. Most yeah. important of all, you are very well by the looks of it. Looking, looking well. I know you had a great day. We all loved your latest fan bite again. And I, I think the best thing of all is I know that you went with uh, Alex, the girl who loves balls, uh, Churchill. And of course, it's Alex's birthday today. So we'd like to all wish her a massive happy birthday, obviously. But uh, you had a nice time with Alex? Yes, Alex, as always, is excellent fun and company and is, uh, is about to write a book, um, a historical book that uh, will... Uh, set tongues wagging mm. when it when it's published i won't give the game away but um she's uh, she's doing really well in the world of history at the moment marvelous. so uh, marvelous now who who have we got on the show tonight who's in the, a clue who's in a the square clue. window is a clue it's the housewife's choice himself mr stiffy <laughs> Good evening, no, Clayton. If you're Clayton, Mr. Clayton, Clayton, Clayton if, if you're Mr. Stiffy, no wonder you're the housewife's choice. Indeed, there we go. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Lovely to be here. Uh, it's wonderful uh, with the genius that is uh, Jonathan Kidd and the Ooh. magnificent Podfather himself, mm. the Chidge Meister. Um, it was. Uh, it was. Lo- I mean, it was lovely to see you at the football, it, albeit I didn't see you in the pub or at the stall or anything like that. But, uh, you know, that, that it was kind of... I was talking to somebody about this the other day, that when we all went back, when I went back uh, for Palace, first game I'd been to for 18 months, and there was a bit, you know, I was looking around for, you know, faces in the crowd, that, you know, and I know, I know where you sit. I know where Johnny Dyer sits. I know where Paul Hay sits. I know where Marco sits. I know where Rick sits. I know where Tony says, so on, so on, so on, so on. I was looking around to seeing who was there. And, of course, you weren't there, nor was Johnny Dyer, nor was Tony. I mean, I did see Paul. So it was lovely to see your face and Charlie's in the crowd and have a wave. And uh, we had a bit of a text exchange too. So, Clayton, I know what it was like for me when I went back for the first time in Absolute Eons. What was it like for you and Charlie? Um, it, it was... I went to the Leicester game at the end of last season. Mm, so it did. wasn't so... But obviously, this is the first time I've been back with a full house. Um, so it was great. Um, but I have to say, the boy was beside himself. He was he was so excited to be back. He just absolutely loved it. And it it was, a, it, as we'll discuss, it was a strange game. Um, but yeah, no, there, there's no better place to be on a Saturday afternoon as somebody once sang. Mm, indeed, they did. Well, there you go. So we got a lovely... Uh, we would have had Martin, dear old Martin Wickham on tonight, but Martin had to cry off because he's got a, got work commitments, which is a shame. And I could have got a sub in, but you know what? I kind of thought, you know, if Chelsea can, 
you know, nullify Liverpool with 10 men. The Chelsea fan cast can steam on with just three tonight. So that's what we're going to do. But well, this... isn't, isn't JK a bit like Kanto? He you is. He's like two of them. He, he, that's right. Exactly that. Exactly that. And uh, strong team, nevertheless. You know, I'm, I'm the happy. The pressure is on. The pressure is yeah, on. But as the manager, I'm fully confident that we can deliver with just three of us rather than four tonight. So there you go. I've got a sprained, sprained tongue, uh, though. Mate, I've, got, I've got confidence and faith in you. But there you go. Now, uh, on the show tonight, uh, there is a packed show. Massive show tonight. Absolutely massive. Uh, we'll be pra- in part one. We're going to be praising Lukaku and Kovacic for some very well taken goals and an assist. Uh, in part two, we marvel at marvelous Mondi and Stoic Silva, who were heroic at keeping Villa out. Uh, we ask, will Tote Tuchel have learnt his lesson on leaving Jorginho and Mount out and throwing Saul into the lion's den? And maybe controversially for some, uh, we—I say we—I ask if Ziyech and uh, Hudson Odoi are doing enough. Uh, in part three, uh, we've got the results of this week's fannies uh, for the Villa match. So if you're listening live on Mixler, you've got about 45 minutes to go and vote on Twitter. It's on the Chelsea Fancast Twitter feed. So uh, so there you go. Uh, we've got the, uh, the, the the week four winners and losers in our Prem Predictions League. And we have some cracking emails to read out as well. So I'm looking forward to that. And in part four... We look ahead to Chelsea's Champions League opener against Zenit tomorrow. So there we go. Lots and lots and lots to talk about tonight. And as ever, packed. it's packed, mate. Packed. Well, packed. I was I was thinking that you know it's, it, it it almost feels like the proper start for the season. You know, I was saying the other week well, when you're doing three parts, you know, now we've got two games every week, so we get to review the uh, preview the midweek game. People are now sending emails in. It's absolutely brrilliant. Fannies are back. It's love it. I'm loving it. Right, I won't get any sleep, mind, but I'm still loving it now as ever. Don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast, where, of course, you can join in all the chat that goes on with a, a right rum bunch of people in there. They are indeed good old Kepler's in there, English Dan, Steve Mower. Steve says, Chidge, couldn't J- JK do an impression of the Reverend Glover to pretend you have four there? Well, shall we ask him, Steve? Well, uh, no, I don't think I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being funny, but... Yeah, that's right. That's, that's his right. catchphrase, isn't it? I'm not being funny, but... Could you sound as if you could do him? Yeah, but I can't do me and him at the same time. We, but, well, know. we could all have goes, couldn't we? In the, yes. we, we could well, I could just say, that nappy shitters. Anyway, we could shout that out. Couldn't we shout it out occasionally? Just, you know... Nappy yeah. shitters. Yeah, 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 nappy shitters. What, what's it? We, we, I mean, we need to do this one week. One week we have to all turn up and we have to do it in the style of the other person. That would be very radio Ask gravy. Ask gravy. Right, OK. So, yeah, well, there we go, Steve. We just had a, a, a an attempt. Uh, we got uh, lovely Brian Justman, blue bloke. Disco Donny's in the house. I hope Sweden's well. Uh, and touring blue. And Wazo Joyo. Absolutely lovely. And the lovely Claire McConnell. God, there's so many. And and Piers. Goodness me. Keep the blue flag flying in north. Daryl's in there. Benji Toe. Bob Oosray. I think it's your birthday tomorrow, isn't it, Bob? It's certainly this week. Bob, have a great birthday, my friend. Anyway, be better get on because there's lots to do. Uh, obviously, all on the socials, at Chelsea Fancast, wherever you go on your social media. So there we go. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs>
okie dokie. Uh, look, first, first, before we get into, you know, too much of the footy talk, there was lots of kind of extraneous activity going on. I mean, it was a, it was a, a mad old day for me because um, I managed to get two tickets. You'll like this, JK and Clayton, I think. Uh, but um, a guy called Matt Tipple uh, contacted me a while ago and he was after a couple of tickets for today because he was coming over from Sonoma in California. And Matt came and visited us with his lovely wife when we were doing the show in Putney Station, I would say, in our second season, so about 2009, and sat on the benches and brought me a very nice bottle of uh, of red wine from Sonoma, which is very lovely. So it was brilliant to see him and, I, and his son, and I, I, I had lots of things to get signed for people. I went to see Kerry, and we saw Canners, and Matt met them, and, you know, went to the store, all of that. But the the pub was great. It was great to see so many people. And as you know, I said, if I, if I see you at the bridge... I'll try and remember who you are, and I'll give you a shout-out on the show. And the roll call is as follows. Uh, Matt and Max, obviously, who uh, who I got the tickets for. Uh, I think it was a young lad called Ryan, or Rory. I think he was from Northern Ireland, or Irish, or anyway. I didn't quite hear what he said, because I'm a bit Mutt and Jeff in my old age. But I met him as I was walking out the, you know, the main kind of entrance to the to the Chelsea ground. I saw the lovely Mibs uh in the in the uh copthorn kerry um uh, lovely moment uh jk chivs gary chivers um i saw up in the copthorn he came over to me gave me a big hug i said how are you doing i haven't seen you for ages your notoriety i was really touched phenomenal i was touched by that it should be the other way around uh now the pub uh who would you say in the pub uh blind lemon harvey the lovely blind lemon harvey who's shaven he's completely shaven the lovely elliot who all who, over no just on his face mate okay uh, I didn't ask or couldn't see about the others, but uh, he didn't do an Anders Limpar, as far as I'm, I'm aware. But anyway, Elliot, the lovely Elliot, who came and said hello to me in the cock, uh, the lovely Walker, who was a legend, the deliciously lovely Tracy and the 1905 gang, Ange, uh, lovely Ange, my, my Southampton away buddy. We had a nice chat with her because uh, Dan was holding court as always. Uh, Nathan as well from the uh, Chelsea Grave Society. And uh, I met a lovely lad called Nick on the way into Gate 17. And, of course, up in Gate 17, I saw the fantastic John, who sits down the road from me. And, of course, my new friend, David, who uh, I found because he has the season to get in front of me, although he used to be next to me, although he never went because he lived in Leeds. But now he's coming every game. He's, I've got a new football friend. I'm very excited. So there you go. Bottom line was lovely to see so many of you. And do come and say hello if you see me around Stamford Bridge. Uh, now, boys... Um, what a, what a, I mean, the whole first point really is the team selection. I mean, we were absolutely way off, weren't we, JK? And Alonso was captain, which I loved. Yes. But Bar- yes. Barkley and Ruben loves his cheek on the bench. Is it, what was, I couldn't believe what was going on. Well, um, Chilwell has clearly uh, um, not burnt his bridges, but uh, he, he even had a... a, a well, not, um, not according to today's press, mate. No, 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 indeed, I was about to say... He had a, a little section on him um, in the presser today saying that he was back for selection because he th- felt he was up to speed. But at the moment, it, uh, it looks to me as if uh, the man in possession is yeah. the wonderful Alonso, who, who was uh, who once again played out of his skin. Uh, I, I just think, um, you know, I'd like to see him get a bit more further forward, which I think he will do it when Mount plays, because th- this this revealed to me the game that, that how important Mount is to the side, obviously, because he just blocks several areas and what i was discussing earlier about the whole process of uh, um of how the team plays um if you have lukaku as the uh, as the focus uh, it's almost slightly as if you can you, you they're not as disciplined because you you know that you've got this 
this force of nature up front. Um, uh, but yeah, we, we, we were completely off, didn't we? We thought that um, we got Havertz right. Um, uh, we, we, one of us mentioned Werner as a possibility. but yeah, I, it was I mean, me, wasn't it? But I got yeah, that I mean, wrong. Yeah, I poo-pooed that myself. But it's all very, very bizarre, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know... Well, he didn't play Christensen, which no. was horrible. We, we all thought Christensen would play. Yeah. He, he didn't play Dave, which we all yeah. had put down as well. And we we got a doy right, absolutely we right. We did get a doy right, didn't we? About the bloody only thing we did get right. But, you know, we'll yeah. get into the, the meanings of all this in a minute. But I was just, I was really quite shocked. And I, I mean, I mentioned it in the intro that, you know, Tuchel's tweaking again. And he's done this before. And I mean, OK, fair play. But I, I think what happens, I'll ask Clayton this because he's, he's a highly intelligent man. Not that you're not, JK, obviously. But um, I wonder, Clayton, if, you know... Quite understandably, players come back from an international break, and they might be a bit tired, a bit leggy. They've had a you know a lot of games in a, in a, in a week and a half. They might have done a lot of travelling. So I think fair enough. You have to consider that if you're a manager, and I wouldn't I wouldn't criticise a manager for doing that. And on the other hand, he gets to look at all of these other players that haven't gone out on international duty, and he sees them in training. He thinks, oh. Oh, actually, they're a lot better than I thought they they were. Maybe I'll give them a go because what he hasn't done is seen what we've seen for the last three or four years. Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I certainly think that his team selection was largely based on the fact that people had been away on international duty and played a couple of games. Obviously, Rhys James was suspended, so he brought in Callum Hudson-Odoi for that position. I wasn't surprised by that at all. Um, I think that Christensen would have played had Silva been subject to that pretty bizarre um, ban. Do you think they played him in case FIFA changed their mind again? Possibly, but, you know, (laughs) uh, we'll come on to it. I mean, you know, that that wasn't a risk. He hadn't played for ages, so um, he looked very fresh. He looked very good. Um, I would imagine that uh, Saul looked fabulous in training. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of Ziyech, I, I, I don't know if you know, but Ziyech, uh, I think Algeria were basically supposed to be playing. I can't remember where it was, but there was a coup. So they all got flown back. So he hadn't played any football. So that was a pretty obvious choice. Havertz, um I don't know. I, that, that was a strange one, to be perfectly honest. I thought Werner, having scored three games in a row, might have actually got the nod for that yeah, by suspecting play tomorrow. So I, I wasn't massively surprised at the selection. And I, I, to be honest, before the game started, I wasn't massively worried because Villa were missing a couple of really good players. And I thought, oh, this this will be all right. But I was <laughs> I was seriously wrong. Well, we'll get on to that in a minute. JK, you wanted to come in quickly? Well, I've just wondered to what extent... You know, they all wear these uh, training monitors now. Yeah. And, um, you wonder to what extent perhaps he gave them all, um, well, the, the fitness experts gave them all a runaround and decided that some of them weren't um, as fit as the others. So perhaps it came down to fitness that isn't just watching them on the training ground. It's actually being assessed statistically by oxygen yeah. or, uh, the, or the or fatigue perhaps there's a fatigue in it so perhaps that was something that was brought into uh, into the equation as well because we're uh, not just how they're playing or thinking oops we ought to give them a rest perhaps physically they are showing on the or the the monitoring that goes on that they're not as as um 
uh, as fit as they were the week before or whatever. I wonder how much that is applied. But, I, think, I think the one thing that we shouldn't, you know, what we've, what we've got now, and, you know, we haven't had it for years, is we've got two good players in each position. Hmm. And so ultimately, if you're playing the same system, it shouldn't actually matter who's actually playing. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that, mate. Um, the other thing I wanted to pick up on, two two things before we really get stuck into the meat and potatoes of the game, but wasn't it lovely to see uh, Sean Locke, uh, you know, getting a minutes of minute oh, applause on 58 brilliant. minutes, which I thought was... Because often those things don't come off, but everybody was was really, really heartfelt and fastidious, and that which is great. Lovely article, by the way, by Gary Hayes in the programme. I don't know if any of you guys saw that. I, I don't get programmes, but you would have got one, J.K., but really, really lovely piece uh, when he interviewed Johnny Vaughan, I think. And the other thing, of course, is by winning this match, JK, we are now the second team, and as we always have to put in parenthesis, the only team in London to, or the first team in London in this case, to win 600 Premier League matches. Which is an achievement. It is, isn't it, really? Yes. If you think how do, shit do, we were do, for 10 years of it. Yes. Do, do you know how... So is there like a table? I can't really... I mean, the fact that we're the second is is pretty amazing. But, I mean, we are the most successful club in uh, the last 20 years. Um, but, I mean, so where are Man City or Arsenal? How many... Do you, do you got any idea how many games they've won? Well, um, I know. I mean, I do know that uh, they had a fantastic uh, piece on this on the Chelsea website... But I didn't actually read it, <laughs> basically enough. Okay, well, that, well that's, that's I'm, fine. I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll have a look. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get it. Who cares? But I no, remember others, others are nearby, but we're the second to get there. And United right. are, are some way ahead. Um, but I think the fact that um, for the first 10 years, we were clearly very low down in the, in the mix. I think this is uh, a fabulous achievement, personally. Yeah, they break it. There we go. The path to 600 Premier League wins. That's what we want. He scoots down it very, very quickly. Oh, they're just like doing the, you know, the significant numbers. Uh, no, they don't tell us. They don't tell us what the table is. But that's a shame. Never mind. Um, so there we go. I just thought that was worth mentioning because I think that's a nice thing, you know, making history, not reliving it and all of that. So let's talk about, uh, first thing I want to talk about really is, is Romelu Lukaku. Um, and as I said in the intro, in, intro that's exactly what you pay you know, 100 million quid for. He did very little else, but he scored two goals. Um, and, I, and I do think, um, you know, in, in some respects, JK, uh, I'm kind of agreeing with myself here, bizarrely, but I, I do think that is a match that we may well have drawn or lost last season ha- because we would make and create lots of chances, but we didn't have somebody. He had two chances the whole game and he buried them both brilliantly, by the way. He had very little service other than that yeah. at all because, let's be frank, Adoy doesn't look comfortable in that wing back role and, and got he got a few decent centers across but they you know they defended very well they're a decent side villa they're a much better side than uh, than they were the season that they were flirting with with relegation um and from our chat the other night with um with uh, justin wasn't it it was justin the um the the villa guy wasn't that his name it was yeah yeah he he was um um he was slightly dubious as to whether uh, um, the team would be as fluid as they have been, but they seem to have made some very good purchases for the money for Grealish, and um, uh, they they were excellent. Watkins is an excellent player up front, and he dovetails very well with Ings. Cash is a really nasty piece of work and smashed into Alonso, but he's the kind of nasty piece of work you really wouldn't mind playing for you because he's uh, 
he really he really is athletic and very strong in the tackle um and i was very impressed with them and and I, as i said in my bite um i think they're going to give a few teams uh, um a bit of a hard time this season mm. um but but um uh talking about lukaku as we were uh, I, he, he he the fact that he scored two goals and he only got delivered um, two opportunities. One, a completely phenomenal pass by Kovacic, who broke brilliantly out of defence, as is his wont. Is that fantastic ability he has to be surrounded by even two players, two players around him, bursts through them, has enough vision to play a fantastic curling pass to Lukaku, who just drives forward, um, does a bit of trickery, has, has the, the forward sliding on his bum towards the corner flag and slots in. And the next one, was a completely fantastic move. I don't know if we everybody's looked at that. It's been been revolving on Twitter. The number of passes that were brilliantly threaded through, which makes you realise that including a nutmeg by Aspie. And, well, no, this is coming up to the nutmeg. You've 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 uh, drawn my thunder there completely. Upstage you, darling. About, about sorry, totally sorry. Finally, the ball comes across and Aspie um, nips it through. I don't know who he nipped. Was it Ings again? Uh, Mings, I should say. Um, but then pinpoint pass to Lukaku who uh, blaps it in I mean quite phenomenal goal and just the two chances for him and I think were he to be getting better service from either Reese James or perhaps the setup a bit better on the left hand side then I think he would have scored more because he clearly is a completely class act Lukaku mm. and is getting great love from the crowd as yeah. a consequence which I absolutely loved myself. I might use the same word twice, but he, the fact that at the end of the game, he got a you know, standing ovation from everybody on his own walking off is, is absolutely brilliant. He must be reveling in this return to the club and it's, the, it's reciprocal. You can tell he loves it and we love him. Yeah. Absolutely fabulous. I, Fab- I, I couldn't agree more, JK. I think you, you hit that nail squarely on the head. And of course, Clayton, you know, I think, I think that love... It's kind of a weird love, isn't it? Not a groovy love. It's a weird love. <laughs> but, you know, but hang on a minute. Hang on. I mean, the point is, is that he maybe we kind of love him because we wanted him to be brilliant and successful when he was at the club as a kid. And it didn't work out. Let's be honest. And I was quite rude about him for a while, calling him a flat track bully. But he's gone away. He's proved how good he is. And now he's come back and he's and he, he's still got that love for Chelsea in his heart. So I think it's very easy to to reciprocate and he said it was his dream to score at the bridge didn't he and it, and, it was, and his dreams come true which is lovely yeah i mean i i when i was last on one of the occasions i was last on i, I was sort of quite subdued about our signing him and i was i was very unsure but now i've seen him in the flesh it's like wow he is a real deal and you know what, Chidge? I don't care if he is a flat track bully because that's what we need yes it's not it's not the big games that we need him no. It was for games like this, where we're playing a team that are really hard to break down, and he did the business. It, so I, I, you know, this is why we needed him. There's no way last season we would have won that game. Absolutely no way. The, the, I mean, the first goal is is a thing of beauty, and it, it was very much like um, the Fabregas to Costa goal against Arsenal. I know the finish was different. But it was just, just the ball from cover was just outstanding. And isn't it funny, you know, all these things you say about cover. I know we're going to come on and talk about him, but but that that was outstanding. The final goal was was frankly ridiculous. 
It really was. I mean, he, there was, you know, you say he only had, um, he got no service on Saturday at all. You know, he, he got the one ball from Cobber. The ball that he got from Asby was actually played behind him. So it wasn't a great ball, but then he scored. I mean, he had no right to score from there. Absolutely no right. And, and, and he was just fantastic. So, you know, I, I think our, our build-up play was was awful. Um, we had so much possession. I mean, the timing of our second goal is what won the game for us. Because, you know, the first half we'd been played off the pitch and we just started the second half and it was slightly better, but not, not brilliant. And then we scored and you could just villa for about 20 minutes afterwards. I mean, we should have scored again. They were in despair, weren't they, Clayton? You could tell. Yeah, I mean, I, goal, I, actually, yeah. I, I actually felt, well, I didn't feel sorry for them in a way. I feel sorry for a cat that was hurt. But, you know, I felt sorry for them because I just thought, that you one, you didn't deserve to be down at half-time and you certainly didn't deserve to lose 3-0. Absolute, you know, it was an absolute joke. But that's what made great team, isn't well, it? It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because these things go around, as we all know. And I, and I remember yeah. seeing, I remember seeing, Dean Smith's uh, interview before this match, for about I don't know, a few days before, when they were saying, "Oh, you know, you you should go uh, to Chelsea with a lot of hope and positivity because you beat them uh, in the last game of the season." And he said, "Well, yeah, we did, and I was really pleased about that. But look how many chances they missed. So they got away with it that day. They were really quite lucky to win. So today, or yeah. Saturday, they were much better than us. They probably were the better side. They probably deserved to win, and they got stuffed three 0 yeah. Swings and roundabouts, mate. Isn't Absolutely. It? Yeah. I mean, JK, you know, just to, to, to dwell on Lukaku for one or two minutes more, but I, I thought that the, it's really interesting you say you're right. I, I agree. It was very much like a Fabregas ball to, to, to Costa. And also, um, well, there's uh, also some, there's something else. Another there's, pass. There's some, yeah. yeah. There's something quite, uh, I thought, quite Drogba esque about his performance in a way. Because Drogba used to do that, didn't he? He used to like do fuck all and then he'd score a couple of brilliant goals. Well, I think some of the great strikers did that. Yeah. Jimmy, Greaves, Jimmy Greaves used to do that. Yeah. Um, um, I don't think as much Aussie. Aussie seemed to get involved in lots of skirmishes. Yeah. But he, but uh, well, but whether he actually played much on some occasions, then he'd score a fabulous goal. Yeah. But you, they've got that ability. They've got that skill. So um, uh, I think Costa was much the same, actually. Costa would suddenly come up with something where you'd go, God, that was fantastic. Yeah. He's bullied himself through there. I think, uh, and I think I'm being slightly unfair on Drogba. I thought Drogba was always... Was always um, Involved in flick-ons and things. Well, he was, and the defending and stuff like that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I have so much love for. There'll be more about Drogba later in the show, actually. But the, the thought that came to my head, Clayton, was, um, you know, Lukaku's what twenty-eight now, and Drogba was yeah. only a little bit younger when we got him. Costa was around yeah. the same age, and there is something, isn't there, about the maturity? You know, when I mean, I would call this really the peak of a player's career at this age. They've got everything worked out. They, they know who they are as a human being. They know who they are as a footballer. They've got an, in huge confidence in their own ability. They know what they can do. So on that basis, kind of comparing them to Drogba and Costa in that respect, um, he could get better and better, arguably. Do you think? Yeah, I do. I, I think Drogba was slightly different because I think Drogba was, was not the finished article. No, he was 26 he had, when he came too, wasn't he? Yeah, well, but, but but he wasn't really... Costa had obviously been at Atletico and, and Costa was the finished article and Costa sort of scored on his debut and, and didn't look back. I know Drogba scored at least 
maybe two or three games into uh, that season. Away Came from very different environments as well, because Costa was already playing for Atletico, which was yeah. uh, which was so, a very I mean, tough Drogba. cauldron. And whereas Drogba was at Marseille, and they yeah. weren't really playing all that well. They was in the French league as well. They got so. to the um, Europa Cup. Yeah, final. well, yeah. Cup Winners' Cup, didn't they? That's because I can't remember who they. Oh, was it Newcastle they beat? I think no, it was. they didn't. Not in the final. No, they they beat them on the way to yeah. the final. I don't. I think they lost the final. But I'm, I I think the comparisons hold up. But I, the one thing, and you talked about it earlier. I mean, the guy loves the club, mm. and. I know that we as fans get taken in sometimes by all the badge thumping and, you know, we love you and all this, that and the other. But it's it's on record. You know, he was a kid and he loved Chelsea and he wanted to come here and he did come here and it didn't work out. And now the, the joy you could see after hit that first goal was unconfined and it was, it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, it, joy all round because I think... As you said, there was like a huge sigh of relief that we've actually paid a huge chunk of money for a striker and he actually can score. Yeah, three goals in two games. Can't say much farther than that. um, Rather embarrassing uh, uh, celebration, though, for the goal. Oh, yeah. It was very very funny and very bad. It's got a nomination in the celery moment. I'm delighted. Yes, of course. course, I'm delighted to see. He said he's he's not going to be doing a knee slide again. But I can honestly say that... he, he's he's actually very good. He's been fantastic PR for himself as well, mm. because in every moment when people are shouting his name out, he waves at the yeah. crowd. You know, he, he's he's very very support. He he really likes the fan fan base giving him this adulation, and rightly so. It must be he must be really feeling it from the crowd because the crowd are loving him, as I say, and it's. Uh, you know, he's got to keep on scoring. Obviously, you can't go through a barren run. But, you know, if the crowd are loving Werner for not scoring, they're certainly going to love this, this boy for scoring. Can I, I, can I just ask? Go on, Clayton. Go on. No, I was, on, on that Werner chant, Charlie said something very interesting. Was he basically said, because Werner doesn't react at all. No. And I just wonder, Charlie just said, do, do you think he thinks we're taking the piss? <laughs> I Be- think- because, you know, he... The, the crowd, and he, he, he hadn't done anything. And if, I, if I'm right, I think he might touch the ball once in the 10 minutes that he was on. But just chanting his name. It might be the, 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 the song's catchy and what have you. But he doesn't, well, he didn't do anything to actually merit that apart from walk on the pitch. So do you think that maybe he thinks people are taking the mitty? No, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think I, so. I certainly am. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think, Clayton, I'd like to think, Clayton, that he's being uh, ruthless, ruthlessly uh, Germanic and thinking it's lovely that they're all doing it, but I have not yet earned the right to have this support from the supporters, so I will not acknowledge it until I have scored at least 500 goals for the club in this season, OK? Yeah. So maybe that's what's going on, but I don't know. I love Charlie's theory. I think it's brilliant. Listen, just before we wrap up, we really ought to, to talk about Kovacic because, I mean, I, I mean, brilliant uh, assist, J.K. As you were saying, um, cool. I also thought the way he put that goal away was was brilliant. And again, perhaps it's because he didn't actually have any time to think about it. Didn't care shoot. about it. He just passed it. Yeah, into the but net, it was yeah, brilliantly yeah. executed. But I tell you what, and, yeah. hang on. What what impressed me more than all of that, and that is more than enough. 
He's only yeah. he's ever scored one Premier League goal before that. But I have to say, I thought he was superb for the whole game. He was, he was harrying, hassling, intercepting, getting forward. He was, or dare I say it, J.K. He was quite Kante-esque. That's a very good point, actually. Perhaps, mm. uh, perhaps they'd change personalities in some kind of strange. Maybe, alien, maybe he had been invaded by the spirit of Kante. Perhaps they've got, you know, one of those strange dishes you both put over each other's heads yeah. and you go, electricity comes between you and it goes, you press and somebody, Tuchel is the evil genius and he pulls the levers and he goes, <laughs> and then he comes out speaking French. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't mean Tuchel, I mean um, Kovacic. Yeah. They swap, yeah. as you say. But no, that's unlikely, as we agree. But um, I believed you for a minute. But yeah, I, I was with it for a moment. I liked it. I was thinking of I, could, I was going to play Kante in the film. But then I thought I can't do that. Um, um, no, I'd have to play Kovacic, wouldn't I? Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, brilliant, completely brilliant performance. I, I, I just think he's getting better and better. And you, you, it's this thing about if we was talking today in the presser about it. If he's got great, the team is getting more and more confident, and winning creates that confidence. And and it, it why not? Why shouldn't he become one of the best players? Uh, in the Premier League, why not? He played well for Madrid. He was always slightly a, um, um, you know, somebody who came on in the second half. He was he was never playing for ninety minutes. But why not? Why doesn't? Why shouldn't he become uh, uh, one of the great players? Why not? He's just he, he he has all the skill. All he needs to do is to is to have a shot on it. Yeah. And uh, and he, he then he then revealed that he wasn't um, the Kovacic that we thought he'd grown into by scoring that goal by leaning back and blasting two over. So oh, um, indeed, indeed. Well, he, he's just a he's one of the worst shots I've ever seen of that kind of a player at Chelsea. But Clayton, what I would say, you know, I can't remember who I was talking to the other day about it, but uh, you know, Kante is not a holding a defensive holding midfielder. He's actually basically a box-to-box midfielder and I think you can say the same of of uh, of Kovacic because he certainly played like it you know you have to do all of those jobs and of course it's no it's no, it's no you know kind of coincidence that he's wearing number eight but he played like a number eight not as a part of a double six as Tuchel likes to say and I, I he looked good mate I really loved his performance I thought he was he was, he was our best player in, in you know other than the defense he was certainly of course, the irony is we, we were we were losing that game, as we'll talk about in a minute, in, in midfield. But nevertheless, a standby. I thought Kovacic had an excellent game and he was brilliant. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that um, Saul was supposed to be the Jorginho replacement and Cover was just sort of more forward. But he, he's very good. I mean, he's he's shown it throughout his career that he's got the skill. Um and maybe it's just confidence. Maybe the fact that he, you know, when um, Sarri was there, he got interchanged with Ross Barkley or he didn't get picked, he didn't start. And it, it, you don't know what this does to players. But obviously, Tommy T's got something out of him that was always there. But yeah, no, he looked fantastic on Saturday. Um, I, I don't, and, and this is not to denigrate his performance one iota, but he had no competition in terms of other midfielders. <laughs> well, true um, so he shone, but he did. He, he was doing two people's jobs, which is Kante-esque in its mm. in its uh, in its own. So yeah, but he's he's a great player. I really like him. Always liked him. I think always thought he's really skillful. And yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely and utterly baffling. That a man that has that much skill can't shoot. I, I just don't, how can a professional footballer 
not be able to shoot? I, I don't know. I can't. I can't understand. It. I'm going to have to ask somebody who knows about these things and see what they say. Right, we're going to uh, come back in a minute for part two. And we are going to talk about the midfield and a, and a young man called Saul, in fact, in particular, and also Jorginho. Uh, but before that, I, you know, I mentioned Didier Drogba, JK. Mm. Yep. This is why, because this week's football prizes competition happens to be an absolute cracker, uh, because you can win. A signed and framed Didier Drogba shirt. How about those apples? Now, uh, the tickets, because it's basically a big draw. You buy buy a ticket, right? Buy a ticket, and it's like a raffle, basically. So you buy a ticket, it goes in a big round thing. And Bill whizzes the big round thing around, picks out the number. If you if you bought the ticket which has got that number, you win. And uh, to buy one of those tickets, it costs £5.95. And the draw ends at 7.30. So you've got until 7.30 this Wednesday, the 15th of September, to enter. Uh, and you can... Well, basically, I've pinned the details for this on the Chelsea Fancast Twitter feed. So you can go there or remember me saying this, footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Drogba. Uh, now, there are 99 tickets on sale. And last time I looked, there are only about 50 available. So do not fanny about. Get in it now. If you want to have a chance of winning a Drogba shirt, do it. I mean, I'm tempted because he's the only one of that era, like the 2012 era. I didn't. He was away when I went up to Cobham, so I didn't get his uh, autograph. So uh, I'm tempted to enter that, but I suppose I'm probably not allowed to. The rules would forbid it. Uh, now, luckily, the rules do not forbid anybody uh, buying a copy of the world's greatest football fanzine. What am I talking about, Clayton? CFC UK, hurry up. Hurry up, it's only a pound. Indeed, it is. Now, uh, lovely to see the boys uh, on Saturday. A very fleeting visit for various reasons, but um, uh, good to see them. And uh, my copy arrived in the post, funnily enough, on Friday. For once, I got mine early. Lord knows. Oh, I, I have, you're lucky. I haven't had mine yet. Well, normally I'm the last to get it because the post is so shit in Winchester, so I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. But anyway, uh, much better if you can to get a copy from the store, which is opposite Fulham Broadway. But if you can't do that, you can subscribe. And you can su- subscribe for the real McCoy, the actual, you know, proper edition rather than, a, uh, you know, an email one. But you can do that too. Uh, and the uh, the whys and the wherefores of how to do that are as follows. It's a uh, £16 subscription for a minimum of 10 issues. So each individual copies can also be sent out at £2 each. You can pay using PayPal. Uh, sending £16 to fanzine at cfcuk.net. If you live in Europe, the, re- the cost will be £35, while the cost of those in the rest of the world is £45. Digital subscrip- subscriptions even are also available, uh, and they are emailed in a PDF format, and they cost £6 for a season, and the cost of an individual issue, if it's PDF'd, is £1. So obviously it's cheaper to do it uh, electronically if you are living abroad, but it's up to you. Um, whatever you want to do, if you want to subscribe, you just need to send your full address details for the hard copy version or your email address for the PDF one to fanzine at cfcuk.net. We will be back in a minute. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel... If you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? 
Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper chels. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, and uh, as ever, the. Uh, the, uh, well, I, I'm basically not worthy anymore. I mean, I, I've seen what he does on these fan bites. I'm just thinking, well, I don't know why I bother anymore. You know, just sit here and... I can only do it in two minutes, Chidge. I, I, that would be it. It'd be a two-minute show. I wouldn't be able to do it. So. Well, it's funny, actually. It's really funny you say that. I mean, you are brilliant. There's no doubt about it. You're, I, I, couldn't do what, I couldn't do what you do, and I'm pretty bloody good. But uh, it does make me laugh, because, of course, it reminds me of the early days. of this. Well, not the early days. I mean, quite often on the show, and I said, JK, tell me about it. And then you wouldn't do, do, do that. You would ignore the script and try and do the entire game and the entire show <laughs> in two minutes. So... Maybe it was just practice for this moment of glory. I don't know. Yes, that probably was it, Chuch. Yes, yes. Plug me in. I'll have a, I'll have a go. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Lovely to see you, as always. Uh, and, of course, we've got the Housewives' Choice, the uh, wonderful, lovely, wise and very dry-witted Mr Clayton Beerman. Good evening. It's always lovely to see you, mate. It's always a treat when we see you on here, actually, I have to say. Uh, now, um <laughs> I mean, you won't know because you weren't on the show on Friday, but we, we, we talked a lot about uh, Saul and whether he should start or not uh, against Villa. And uh, as I recall, Jonathan, we were all fairly adamant that uh, it would would be a bit of a stupid thing to do because, you know, coming from Atletico Madrid, he would need a bit of time to acclimate to the Premier League uh, and its intensity, physicality and everything else. So I was very surprised to see our very, very brilliant, almost genius Messiah-like manager going against the wise old heads of Chidge and JK. Well, we did say, I think we used the words, it's likely he'll be off the pace. Yes. So so bring him on in the second half. But once again, you know, as I say, um, uh, did he play for Spain during that period? Was he off playing? For no, he, he was no. with us the whole time. Yeah, exactly. So perhaps he, he impressed. His fitness levels were very high. He had the legs. This is the expression that Tuchel liked using. 
And he thought, why not? He's impressed. He knows what to do. He knows his role. Um, he's used to playing unbelievably high, high-powered games with Atletico in Spain. Let's give him a go. And he was found extremely wanting. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, uh, considering that they kept attacking down the left as well because Adoy just cannot quite grasp what he's doing with the 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 wing back role. I thought um, I thought we did okay because we're a very strong defensive unit, relying on the the brilliance of Thiago Silva, whose whose stop once Watkins had got past Mandi was absolutely out of this world. How he managed to dive forward, Silva, with keeping his hands down by the side of his uh, body at the same time, and then chesting it was absolute uh, was genius. But um, yeah, he was as um, uh, Saul as um, can I say this was he, he was um, um, turned back on the road to Damascus. Mm. But no, he wasn't. He just went keep going because he didn't have a conversion. Now that would be a much better rugby joke, wouldn't it? But um, um, but never mind. But yes, so it wasn't a it but it wasn't a very um, 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 what's the word? Um, um, uh, Auspicious. It's a perfect yeah, word. Perfect. Roping up that word. Exactly what I. It was perfect. there. It was peering, and it, then it disappeared. It wasn't, it wasn't very auspicious. It wasn't but, indeed. But but he he will come good. Oh, I'm Remember, sure he will. Ramirez. Yeah, yeah, Ramirez yeah. had a dreadful start, yeah, and yeah, then became yeah. brilliant. But, the, I but, just but think this is this is getting used to it. This know? is it's what brilliant. this is what I was saying earlier, mate. You know, we've been watching Chelsea for a very very long time, and we've seen this before. And it amazes me that managers don't twig this. You know, we've seen this so many times before with so many players. It takes them time to adjust to the mentalness of the Premier League. It is different from every other league. Um, you know, Clayton, I'll just read you this, actually, because uh, Nizar Kinsella popped this up on Twitter um, after the game, which was quite horrible, really, and I felt for, for Saul reading this. He won just one of one out of nine duels. Uh, he had an eight, only an 83.8% pass completion. I mean, normally we're a lot higher. He lost possession nine times in 45 minutes, uh, and it was a as Nizza says, it was a, bat, a bit of a baptism of fire versus Villa today. A rare mistake from Tuchel to throw him on so soon. I have to say, you know, given what we all know, what JK was saying in particular, Clayton, that we thought it would be wrong to bring him on because he wouldn't be used to the pace and et cetera, et cetera. It, we know that it takes time. We know that he's a good player and we know that he will get better with time when he's been exposed to this a little while. I have to say, I felt really sorry for him. And I actually also think that um, Tuchel was brilliant by owning it in the in the post-match press. He said, it's all on me. It's my fault. I shouldn't have done that. And, it, you know, he took it all off Saul, which was absolutely the right thing to do, I thought. Yeah, no, and, and you're 100% correct. I mean, it, it, you know, every I, well, I suspect those who've got a brain felt sorry for him. Those who haven't probably got, oh, he's crap. What do you get him for? He's rubbish. Um, he's not rubbish. He's a very, very good player. I'm astonished that he didn't actually just leave it until um, tomorrow because that would have been a perfect game for him to play in a European game. It wouldn't have had the intensity of uh, of Saturday. Um, I mean, there are quite a few teams who we could have played against who wouldn't have been, you know, I don't mean this derogatory way, but, but sort of some of the bigger clubs wouldn't have actually put that much pressure on him. So it was, uh, you know, Villa's midfield were outstanding. They really were. And once they smelt blood, they were all over it. I mean, that that was clever management by them. He did it deliberately, didn't he? He targeted yeah. him and Adoy deliberately. 
Absolutely. Yeah, because, because they could see that they were struggling and so they were all over them and that was it. But you know, the, 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 the whole thing, the whole midfield was wrong and, and we were being overrun in midfield. And, and I, I said this at half time, that when you play a team like Villa, you need to have a relatively strong midfield, which on paper, I suppose Tuchel thought if Saul played like he can play, then we'd be okay. But the point is that when you've got both Hakim and Havertz in the side, those guys don't work hard enough. And they weren't doing any supporting. Now, interestingly, I think in the second half, they both started pressing Villa's back back five, which they weren't doing at all in the in the first half. So I think it was just the whole thing was was poor, and you know we were very lucky yeah. to get away with it. But mate, that that's the point. You know, the next point. Funnily enough, I mean, as, as J.K. was saying. You know, Saul Saul kept on giving the ball away. You know, kept on getting robbed of possession. Uh, so that meant we lost control of the midfield. We weren't able to pass out and break their press because this is what Jorginho does brilliantly. And of course, that changed when he came on. So we missed him. I never thought I'd utter those words. But of course, we also hugely missed Mount because unlike Havertz or or Ziyech, you know, Mount okay, his job is to be an offensive minded player but when we're out of possession he's the first one to come back and lend a hand and, and to, you know get us out of the shit and he's got the energy to do it and of course he's the one that leads the press which is the secret to our success because he does it from the front whereas yeah. Ziyech and, ha- and Havertz don't do that so I think all round they seem to be encouraged don't they Chidge if, if Mount's doing it I always get the impression that they start pressing more it's almost as if it, they need to to see somebody else being involved. But yeah, it makes you realise Mount not playing, the amount of work that he gets through, the, the huge energy to be constantly running back and defending and preventing them from coming through on the right, which is which was the major problem that we had, was our right was just absolutely feeble in comparison. Yeah, I mean it you know, I, I, I don't I don't need any encouragement to praise or big up Mason Mount, but I, I just thought it was stark. And actually, do you know what? And, and Jorginho as well, actually, because I, I have to say I've had a Damasian conversion to Jorginho because I genuinely think he's actually improved hugely as a player. Maybe he's he's got with the programme. He's understood that it's a very, you know, exactly what we were saying about Saul, who hasn't got this yet. But it's a very intense, very quick, very physical league. And you've got to mix it. You can't be bullied. And And I mean, when he came on, we saw the kind of Jorginho that we've been seeing, I think, pretty much really since Tuchel turned up, but in all honesty, since before that, who will get in, make tackles, last-ditch tackles, nick the ball from people. He's, he's become like that, that, that character, cartoon character with the telescopic legs. He just kind of sticks one of his long legs out and nicks Twizzle. the ball. That's the one. But, you know, he's become a more physical, competitive midfield player. And you don't see him get bullied or pushed off the ball as easily as we used to. So actually, I think it's, it, it was Jorginho and Mount missing that really screwed. And of course, Conte goes without saying. That's what screwed the midfield. And that's what gave, uh, I think, uh, Villa a, a, a fair crack of the whip. But there we go. It's slightly depressing to see that um, Loftus-Cheek, although on the bench, didn't get uh, the nod instead of Saul for the first time. You'd have thought that he might have given him a go. Well, it was but, a different sort of player. Completely. That's the thing. I mean, he, he, he from my perspective, Loftus Cheek is up against Ziyech, not against Saul. 
So, you reckon that that's the case? Oh, okay, right. Yeah, because he's more thought... attack minded, whereas Saul is is more supposed to be defensively. Yes, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, if you if you think about we so you're talking about Kovacic, and you're 100 percent correct with every single thing you say, but you rewind for when Kovacic joined, what happened to Saul on Saturday is what happens yeah, to Kovacic. Absolutely, he got swamped. And I, I, there was not the a very game first last... game, though. Not, not the very first game, Clayton. He was absolutely outstanding in the very first game he played, Govacic. Who was it again? Well, yeah. I can't remember. He was absolutely brilliant. I remember saying... You're talking about Jorginho, not Kovacic. You oh. said Kovacic. I meant Kovacic. Sorry, I thought we were talking about Kovacic. No, we've gone... No, we're talking, we're talking about... Um, I'm sorry, I We're talking about Jorginho. I misunderstood. Yes, he was complete shit. When no, well, Ko- Kovacic's debut was against Arsenal when he came on with Hazard. Yeah. Anyway... But no, but Jorginho's changed massively. And I remember, I don't know if you, Tuchel, when we played at Sheffield United last season, we won 2-1, I think it was a Saturday night. And in the first half of that game, Kovacic was swamped by Sheffield United because it's what they did to us. They, They were all over us. And I was screaming to take Jorginho off. But Tuchel didn't, surprisingly, because he's a manager and I'm not. And and he got through it and he worked his way through it. And he's just got better and better at that. You know, to, to you think that that press by Villa was was one of the, you know, it, it was so impressive. But Jorginho, you know, just just dealt with it. Yeah. Which, which, he, which, which is so encouraging. And, and it's absolutely, Clayton, and it's what he does. I, I, as I said, I, I think he's just hugely improved. And I think you have to credit him and also Lampard and also Tuchel because, you know, yeah. I think they would have got it into his head. But you've got to give him all the, well, not all the credit, but most of the credit because he's clearly a very intelligent player. And I mean, that's actually interesting because that's what Tuchel was saying about him the other week when he kind of wrote this little eulogy about him. But he is, he's clearly a strategic player and an intelligent player. And he's clearly sat there and thought, if I'm going to succeed in this in, in this league with this team, I'm going to have to do all of these things and learn how to do yeah. them pretty damn quick. And he has done. And that is a mark of a class player, I have to say. So fair fair, fair dues. Quickly, very quickly, um, JK. And I don't know if you'd, you probably would have not had a good view, Clayton. I was lucky enough to have a good view. But we can't go uh, do this show without praising the Mason Mount banner uh, oh, are we not, we, we not going to slag it off? Are we not going to say Mason Mount doesn't deserve a banner? No, because we're not Twitter virgins, mate. Or we're not virgins <laughs> on Twitter. Or live in our mum's bedrooms or anything like that. Uh, or play FIFA or whatever. Anyway, JK, wasn't it lovely? Oh, I got a lovely photo of it, which I Did put you? Up. Yeah, I got. I, I bagged the classic, you know, from Gate 17 shot, which is not quite as good as yours because you get the front on one don't you really I do I do I love it I think I don't think this is you can't say people deserve banners because it's of their It's not about that. It's not about that. It's about it's about supporting the team as it is now. It's about praising players who're playing out of their skin. He's playing for England. He's a top top player. He's won the Champions League. Give him a banner. Yeah. What does it matter? Dave has got a banner. Somebody actually put up on Twitter. It's all homegrown Lund English players. There's a yeah, Dave yeah, banner. No, that, 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 that's the one that's wound everybody up. And, and all the, you know, the Drogba and the Hullet and your Cesar one yeah. and Drogba. Just, I mean, oh, I just hate these Well, if, if, they, if they were if at the game, if they go, were at the if, game. If they were at, if they were at the game, they would know that that yeah, clearly they don't, they don't ever don't go. Know. No. But, but these, these are the things the same people. 
yeah. who are basically saying that because we're English, we hate Pulisic. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just such bollocks. I'd love Pulisic to be great. I'd love Pulisic to basically tear it up like I know that he can, but he doesn't and he's injured all the time. And that's what people are saying. He's, you know, it's, it's such a great shame because we know what he can do. We've seen what he can do. So it's so frustrating. But the, the, the but, set, Sorry, go on, Mick. Sorry. sorry no, 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 no. I was just going to say, I mean, the central point, you know, that J.K. was alluding to and you is that, you know, what what I don't get it. It's, I, I don't know if they really are supporters or if it's just a modern phenomenon or what. But... You know, we we see Chelsea in terms of a team. I I I get pissed off with players when I don't see them good enough or contributing to the team because the goal, the objective, is to play as a team. Twenty five players to win us a trophy and make me a very very happy panda. What I can't understand, it's not about players in the same fucking team competing against each other. I like I like him, therefore I can't like him is the basis kind of childish idiocy I've seen in football. It's it's just fucking stupid. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I just I just, you know, like to see people accusing Brits of hating Pulisic. It's just it's so wrong. It's just not true. I want every single player in that squad to succeed. We're just sorry for him that he's not been able to replicate the, the the form that he had earlier, and he keeps getting injured. We're not. We of course we want every player to do well because they play we for the, Chelsea. We want the team to beat everybody. We want to have every player a top class player. I want to see Pulisic play as well as he did in that um, that game against uh, um, what, the, the the Champions League game last year that he absolutely ran Real Madrid. It. Real Madrid, but he's brilliant. Similarly, yeah. against Liverpool, when he's came on and scored those goals in the was it the League Cup game, I want him to, I, I want him to be doing that. I, I'm not, I'm not ever going to say, you know, it's because he's American. I don't really want him to do well. Why would you not want a player anyway, to, to do well? He's Chich? not American. He's Croatian, isn't he? Well, originally, but possibly <laughs> in the same way that I'm Irish. That was a much cleverer joke than people actually understand. But when they worked it out and understood it, you can write to me at chelseafancast at gmail.com. Anyway, I, I didn't get it either. Well, because everybody's going on about the about the nations here. We don't like him because he's this. We don't like him because he's that. But I mean, are they objecting? My point is, is that ha- yeah. define nation. We're, we're we are we are a nation of mongrels. America yeah. are a nation of mongrels. Yeah, so of this whole sticking on a nationality is also, it's, as the right it's... Reverend Tony Glover would say, a load of old fucking arse gravy. Thank but, you. Um, but but similarly, uh, we must all therefore hate Radakanu. I love her. I think and she's it's... brilliant. Absolutely Completely brilliant. Fantastic. Of course. Phenomenal. Yeah. And yet, you know, what is she, Romanian Chinese? Did you see her? Uh, she, she, she said hello to her Chinese fans in perfect, yeah, perfect brilliant. Cantonese. Absolutely. Absolutely, just, I think she could be the best thing that's happened to this country in a, in in decades. Anyway, not not we're not talking about tennis. This is football. Anyway, uh, we must talk about this, J.K. Because, um, I mean, apart from anything else, it, it, we 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 are led to believe, we are led to believe, but we can't confirm this or deny it until we know from the housewife's <laughs> choice. But we're led to believe that it actually gave Clayton a stiffy. But um, I, I, before we get to Mondi, um, I have to say, J.K. that. I I just absolutely, just absolutely loved Tiago Silva's 
performance. I mean, I, I was writing down, I actually kind of tried to write notes in the first half, which is a stupid thing to do, and I'm not going to do it again. But every every other note was, Silver makes another incredible block. Oh, look, he makes another incredible block. Oh, yeah, and guess what? Silver just made another incredible block. He just did it time after time after time, intercepting, long ball passes, which are brilliant. I particularly love, JK, his clever fouls when we're in the shit. And he just... Does the does what you have to do to to foul the player without making it look like it's a heinous crime? Takes the yellow card or the admonishment from the referee and then does it. You know, gets on with the job. I love him. I mean, basically, his, his experience is invaluable, and it's like watching. I think an old master at work. It's an absolute delight watching him play like he did on Saturday. I'm trying to think of an old master. Hobine. I was trying to yeah. I was trying to think of of Da Vinci playing football. <laughs> yeah, with a long beard and robes. Yes, but he just um, knows everything, doesn't he? It's, 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 he's yeah, almost yeah. Om- omniscient on a football pitch. That's what I love about him. He has a huge, like an enveloping status, doesn't yeah. he? There's like an area around him where you think, well, he'll just step into that and get the ball. I do agree. It was he. He is masterful. He is a completely masterful player, and um, uh, I think we'll see an enormous amount of him this year if he can keep uninjured. I think that's the major problem, just because um, there are so many games coming up. I think they'll all have a go. But I think if he can, uh, um, that's why I, 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 to some extent, what you were saying earlier, I didn't really, uh, we were found out a bit. But I I never, ever thought, I thought they might score one, but I never, ever thought they would boss the game because we are so excellent defensively. You know, we've got a fantastic goalkeeper. Rudiger plays out of his skin. uh, Silver plays out of his skin. Um, uh, uh, Chaloba had a very decent game. He's a very decent player. Uh, they're so well drilled, and um, I just didn't think Villa were going to do anything to beat us. Even though I thought they're dominating the midfield, so it, it's it was almost to me it was almost like watching a kind of practice game to think, well, all right, if we don't have a midfield, how's the defence going to manage? Well, the defence will manage wonderfully. They're a great defence. They've got players playing absolutely brilliantly. So. Um, once he brought on, once he tidied it up again in the second half, I, I never thought we'd lose. So, uh, but it was always unbelievably competitive because they 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 were really up for it. As I said, I think they'll do really well this season. I'm, I'm I was very impressed. Indeed. So uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens in the Carabao Cup game as to what completely different team um, uh, Tuchel will put out because he will put a completely different team out. Mm. Uh- Clayton, uh, now that the, the time has come for you to reveal whether or not you did, in fact, get a stiffy. But Mondi was superb, wasn't he? I mean, the question, I mean, you know, we could talk about the endless saves. I mean, that double save, which is quite phenomenal. But I think it's more general, really. The impression that I get from Mondi is that, dare I say it, uh, and I, this is why it'd be lovely and fun to ask you about this as well as whether or not you got stiffy. But he's beginning to look, I think, quite Czech-like in his command of the area and that kind of safe presence that he has on the team you know what it was like with check you know if you got in the shit that the, the team always looked like oh no no it's all right we've got checking go he'll save us he'll dig us out of it meant mondi's kind of beginning to look like that i think um and all these clean sheets he gets is no coincidence i mean the check like comparison in that context and how good he can be and did you get a stiffy is what i want to know Okay, so the big news is no, I didn't get a stiffy. Um, oh, relief, but, relief. But I got, I, I got very moist. Okay, um, now that's all right. That's even worse. Yeah. So, I, so the thing is, right? He, he is uh, the real deal. I, I think when he first joined, 
it was difficult because you basically had a keeper that was shot being replaced by somebody who could actually save a shot that was that hit at him, which after two and a half years was a, a, like a bit of a relevant revelation. So, you know, and, and, and it was difficult to know how good he was. <clears throat> and I think there was, you know, he had teething problems at the beginning and, and that that's fine, but he's grown into it. And I suspect like a lot of that squad winning the Champions League made them feel 10 foot tall. And th- this guy is just getting better and better. And um, I, I know that the, 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 the double save... So the first shot was a good save. The second save was was fantastic. But the best save he made on Saturday was the first one he made from Molly Watkins, which was down to his right. That save was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. And and that, if you think about the game, you think about where we were in the game at the time, that, that, was, that was the best of the lot. He's great. He's absolutely superb. Um, he has helped because he's got a fantastic defence in front of him. But it's quite interesting. I think I read today there was like somebody saying, oh, um, he's got a great record. He's saved more shots on target than anybody else in the Premier League so far. Uh, alarm bells ringing. I mean, we weren't we weren't conceding that many shots on goal last season. And that is a little bit of a worry. But we are very relatively young into the season and um, and things will settle down. I think the reason the biggest... for that though, aren't they, Clayton? Like the Liverpool game, we would we were under the cost. Oh God, yeah. I mean the, 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 yeah that that's absolutely right. And and on Saturday we just basically didn't have a midfield. Yeah. And what you said about our defence is hundred percent correct. And I, I think there is that whole Mourinho thing about we we're leading so we're not going to lose. Um I do. I, when I was on a couple of weeks ago, I, I think it was, our, I can't remember which game it was, but I think it was after the Liverpool game. And I said, pay Rudiger whatever he wants. I don't want him to go. I think he will. I mean, all, everything you're hearing is the fact that he doesn't look like he's going to sign a new contract. And we're sort of, what is it, September now? And we've got to get it done by December. Otherwise, he can talk to other people. Um, he's fantastic. He's, he's a real shithouse and he gets in people's face. He took on McGinn. McGinn was a right shit the whole way through. And he was the only one that fronted him up and said, come on in. <laughs> and, he, I just, and, and that's what you want to see. Yeah. That's what you want to see. So Silva was fabulous. I thought Chaloba was great again. Um, yeah, but, but going back to Monday, he is, he is the real deal. He really is. I, I think he's fantastic. And, and, you know, long may it continue. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, I, I just think, JK, he's, I, I, I would go so far as to say that I think Clayton actually nails it. You know, you or I could have probably gone in goal and made a few saves for Chelsea and people have started saying we're the next best thing to check because Kepa was so awful when he was in goal. Not but with I, my groins, I'm no, afraid. No, not with my just general lack of any ability. But... Um, yeah. I would I would go so far as to say I think what we're beginning to see is that uh, that basically Mondi is a world class keeper. I would go that far. I agree with you completely, and I hated all that, particularly since Czech chose him, and Czech's not an idiot. Czech was clearly doing his due diligence, and um, the very fact that even when we had Mondi after about six months, you had Twitterati saying, "Oh no, 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 we're going to be buying um, a, a classier goalkeeper." 
who was what's his face? Um, Donnarumma. Yeah, yeah. Who was always? And, and, and to, to be yeah. honest with you, I thought in the close season, if Donnarumma was available, that we should basically go for him. One because he's so good, and two because he's twenty three. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think this this guy, we've got at least four or five years with him. How, how old is he? How old I think it's about twenty eight. I'm not well, sure. Then, surely goalkeepers can still go until they're thirty five. Don't isn't that? Yeah. The, still yeah. The rule, no, I, I, don't, I don't disagree. They can go that long, but whether yeah. they're as good is is another thing. But no, I, I just yeah. Buffon, He's, Buffon kept going, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, well, that's, yeah, now we're talking real legends. Yeah, it was, it was lovely to see him play at the bridge, isn't it, when we last played Juventus? Oh, there. God, yeah. he's just... He was a class he act. one of my favourite yeah. footballers of all time. He really is. He's just... I'm just basically just having a look. Uh, Mondi is 29. 29, so he's a bit older. So he'll be, he'll be 30 in March. Well, we better buy um, Donnarumma now, then. Well, uh, well, as as well, sadly, he's at PSG, so uh, I think we can forget that. We can forget that. Uh, anyway, let's move on from the keepers because I think before we wrap up this part, I want to talk about Ziyech and uh, Hudson Odoi. Um, JK, I got to be honest with you, I'm I'm just not convinced by Ziyech. Uh, he doesn't track back at all, which leaves us in the shit sometimes. I think he gets he, he's in and out of games too much. But the thing that really pissed me off most on Saturday was that he gets into, we get into good attacking positions and he decides he wants all the glory for himself and shoots when there's a really good ball on for somebody like Lukaku or whoever. Or he plays a rather dubious cross that goes straight into the goalkeeper's yes. hand. So, I mean, I, I know I'm sounding like an old grouch here, but I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying I think he's shit because he's clearly a very good player and he scores some great and very important goals for us, but I'm not, I, I remain to be convinced well, I think considering we, if you look at this, we, we actually only played them with seven players. I think we did quite well, didn't we? <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. Because uh, because Havertz, I'm not quite sure what he did in the game. Um, uh, Zayek, I agree, completely kept throwing away great opportunities. Uh, Adoy was uh, completely away with the fairies. And um, uh, and so was Saul. So I'm really surprised that they didn't score three goals. A great testament to our defence and, um, uh, and to Kovacic. Uh, but um, yes, I... I once again, I, I, we're not seeing the best of, of, of Zayek, as he's, I think he's supposed to be called, isn't he? Um, because uh, that was a that bore very little resemblance to the player that we saw play in pre-season and who was playing in the very first game and got injured. And um, uh, uh, the, an interesting thing was said to me. When did we say this? That the when did I hear this from? Well, one of been from you, was it, Chidge? Was that the um, uh, they were worried about his injury because his injury looks as if it's something actually a little bit more to do with his being not as fit as they thought he should be, because it's, it's, it's not the kind of injury going, snapping out of getting a, dis, a dislocated so shoulder from such a, um, a weak collision as he had. And they were very worried about him, um, his overall, uh, uh, his overall um, strength, and they were trying to do something about it, whether they're trying to build him up that way. That was, I think that may have been Alex may have told me that actually, something that she'd heard. But um, uh, he wasn't anywhere near the player we saw earlier on in the season who was fantastic. And once again, I think we have the same problem as with him as we have with Pulisic, as when they play in the first team, we're just not seeing the fit enough unit to, uh, to perform at the correct level. Um, Havertz, I didn't feel had a role at all. I don't quite know what he was doing. Once again, I don't know whether that means he's slightly out of kilter because he's not playing 
the false nine, which he played so wonderfully at the end of last year, whether he floating about a bit isn't, he's, he's not actually sure what the plan is for him because um, he really didn't contribute. I think his stats were awful. I read a very briefly a stats thing about him. Um, so uh, I, it, 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 he certainly wasn't provided with anything. We weren't attacking as much just because, um, well, I have to say when we did attack, there was a speed and fluidity about it that it really impresses. And I, and, and so that's the, it was very end-to-end stuff. And I never, I never once thought that we wouldn't score. We do, we do attack very quickly and very precisely, which is something that Tuchel has been after. It's just that if you then, there were several occasions where um, players got through and almost delivered the, the eye-catching pinpoint pass, but were just intercepted. And that happened quite a lot in the game. So I just thought there were elements of it that they weren't, they just weren't quite on song with it. And it, if the fact that four of them aren't actually um, playing well enough, it makes sense, yeah, really. We didn't have a midfield that, either, and that, that's going to help. No, no, I mean, it, if, if you've got it, no midfield, you're not going to no, set even up for the last, last. I know, but I agree. But even the, 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 the last second um, pass through, you don't need to have a midfield in that situation, do you, Chidge? If you're a, you're well, that's actually what we ended up doing. Pa- that, passing that, that the ball is, through. That you know? is exactly what we ended up doing. We were... You know, Rudiger and uh, and Silva were pumping balls through for uh, Lukaku et al to run onto, or we were just going down through the wingbacks, which is absolutely our strategy. So there was the odd occasion where we actually did a very fluid move. Mm. Well, that was the goal. The that was the Lukaku goal. The ball it? was intercepted. Now, this was earlier on as well, because there were lots of people going, oh, every single time the ball almost oh, got yeah, 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 that's true. Um, yeah, anyway, I, I still yet to be convinced by Ziyech. Um, and uh, Clayton... Uh, Hudson Odoi, a player I desperately, desperately, desperately want to see succeed at this club. He's, that was his hundredth game on uh, on Saturday, which in itself is quite remarkable. I, I kind of do feel a bit sorry for him in, in some ways because he is not a wing back. He is not. I repeat, he is not a wing back. And I, funny enough, I was talking to Kerry Dixon the other week about this. I said it's a bit of a bizarre situation we've ended up in because we have. Uh, Hang on, Zayech, Pulisic, Werner, Hudson Odoi. I would call them all of them wingers, and yet Thomas Tuchel does not play with wingers. He plays with wing backs. So you've got, you know, out of those four players, I mean, I, you know, he think if Hudson Odoi is going to get a game, he's going to be a wing back, and he is not a wing back. Pulisic, I think he's tried there. Guess what? Pulisic is not a wing back, so he's not playing in his in his favoured or best position. I thought he looked a lot better when he went into the two behind Lukaku later on in the game. And, I mean, he was running at them. He's done more running at people and taking people on. But I, I just I just still think he's not, you know, is he doing enough? Could he be doing more? Because I, I worry about the fact that he's going to miss the opportunity, really, because I really want him to succeed. I, th- I think there's two things. I think the first thing is that um, Tuchel just doesn't fancy him. I mean... He gave him the most god almighty bollocking, which is right in front of where you sit. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. And, and, you know, the guy has got no confidence and being absolutely torn off a strip whilst you're on the pitch is not really very helpful. I know that all the, the, you know, the good managers do stuff like that. But I, I, I don't think even when he was pushed forward, he took advantage of, of the position that he was in. There was about three or four occasions where the ball was played to him. He had a full back in front of him and he stopped and he cut back and he stopped and he cut back. Hudson Odoi, when he was first in the team, would yeah. take players on all yeah. the time. Now, whether that is down to the injury, whether he's not confident enough anymore, 
but he's just not doing it. And and we all are desperate for him to succeed because we know what he can be, or we think we know what he can be. Um, you're hundred percent right. He's not, he's not a wing back. And I think it's very unfair to play him there, but I suppose if you can, you know, if you want to play, you've got to play. I mean, was it Gareth Bale started off back as a wing back, didn't he? So I just, I don't know. I really don't know. The, the thing is with Ziyech is that Ziyech needs to play. Ziyech plays well when he's played three or four games in a row. When he plays that first game, he always looks a bit off, what have you. I find, you know, I, I think the biggest problem, and I mentioned it earlier, you you know, it depends who you're playing, but Havertz and Ziyech are both luxury players and you can't have both of them in there at the same time. I mean, ideally, you'd love that to be the case, but you just can't. And... I think that Ziyech looked much better once Jorginho was on because there was somebody else doing the dirty work and meant he didn't have to. But if you, as I said earlier, if you notice when the second half started, he was then pressing. And I think it was just unfortunate. He, You're right, JK, there was a couple of opportunities that he could have played people in and he had a shot. But I think, you know, I, I, I think he's trying too hard. I think he... You know, he wants to do the right thing. He wants to impress. He wants to score. But it's just not working for him at the moment. I I wouldn't, I obviously wouldn't give up on him just yet. Mm, Okay. Right. Let's wrap this little part up. I mean, you know, I have to say, J.K., I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, look, we can play like shit for the rest of the season and win three 0 every game, and I'm going to be ecstatic, to be honest. I, I, you know, that's what it's, that's what it's all about, as far as I'm concerned. But I mean, I think just to kind of sum it up, you know, yeah, Tuchel got it wrong with Saul, but he, he changed it. Um, yeah, he tinkered. Um, I'm, I'm a bit worried about his proclivity to tinker on occasion because you know we all know, as we were saying earlier, you cannot take liberties in the Premier League because you will get found out. But the defence was superb. We got it wrong in the midfield. We corrected it and then it looked okay. And Lukaku makes the difference. So all in all, I think it, it was you know it was okay by me. I, I've got this quote from Spy, which I thought was really interesting, which I'm going to leave you with. All right. He says, I've got to say that under Tuchel, Christensen, Rudiger, Aspilicueta, Alonso, Jorginho and Kovacic are all playing the best football of their Chelsea careers. Would you agree with that? Yeah, completely. Yeah. 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 He's not only had that ability to tactically improve them, he's had that ability to improve them as individuals, mm. which I think is absolutely phenomenal. I could not agree more. And what a stupendously brilliant way to end this part. Uh, before we do, uh, just a quick reminder that uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, who, of course, had a, had their food uh, bank collection uh, outside the Oswald Stoll uh, place uh, on, on Fulham Road, uh, on Saturday, and I think they did quite well. So I hope you donated. If you don't, they'll probably be doing it most home matches. So uh, you can get over there at another game. But if you want to join the trust, uh, membership is five quid. And as a member, you get to have your say on all the important issues that float around football, ticket prices, all that kind of thing. All the things that are important to supporters anyway. And uh, they make sure you can get your voice heard by the club. And if you are a member, you can attend meetings, vote in the elections, and put forward any motions at the AGM. And you get a lovely new shiny cst badge and uh, to go and join up for your five pounds it is chelsea supporters trust.com uh, and of course uh hand in hand in a way uh you can also become a chelsea pitch owner 
which of course was introduced uh, under old Uncle Ken Bates many years ago, which means that if you have a share, you uh, have a share of the freehold of the stadium, which protects it from being sold to a property developer if it ever goes out of Roman's hands, and it will make sure that football will always be played at Stamford Bridge, our spiritual home forever. So there we go. So if you want to get a share, they're pretty reasonable. I think they, they don't do any of the cheap ones anymore. It's now all kind of like A shares, so they're about 100 quid, I think. But uh, if you want one, uh, go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea Pitch Owners, and you'll find how to go and buy one, and you can even get them signed by your favourite player. So there you go. Now we'll be back in a minute to talk about the fannies and Premier League predictions and all sorts of exciting things. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast uh, with me, Stamford Chidge, the giggling uh, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Hello. And the quite extraordinary Mr. Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> oh, it gets worse and worse, doesn't it, Chidge? Oh, well. oh, <laughs> We're giggling because off air in our break, uh, JK has been regaling us with the most horrific tales of his experience uh, at Stamford Bridge on Saturday, which is not for public consumption, other than the fact that everybody in Mixler has been glued and riveted <laughs> to it. <laughs> but other than that, it is not for further discussion. Anyway, indeed, uh, indeed. great to be on the show, Chid. Yeah, Thank you. It's uh, great, great lovely, to see you, lovely yeah. Clayton, and the lovely yeah. yourself. And, and very, very well. I was sh- I'm shocked to hear what you had to put up. But anyway, um, you will not. Well, I don't know. You might be a bit shocked because this is the fannies. Um, and we have the results. Uh, I should really tell you uh, what the nominees and what the nominations were. Uh, Man of the match. And of course, as you know, JK, uh, for the avoidance of cheating, the lovely people on our Discord group, which is uh, made up of people who are Patreon members, the lovely people who kindly bung me a few quid every month. And uh, they get into, to go into Discord and people who are in the Prem Predictions League as well. So it's, that is Discord. And what they do after every match, and I don't even have to ask them anymore. They do it automatically. They put into each of the categories who they think the nominations are for each of our fannies. They are absolutely brilliant. So there you go. So these are their nominations, really, right? So Man of the Match, uh, Mondi, Silva, and Kovacic. And in reverse order, uh, if I can find it on Twitter. Here we go. This is the closest we've had for a while. I mean, dear old Thiago Silva only got 4%, which I think is very unfair because I thought he was rather splendid. But... Uh, uh, a very close run thing. I thought earlier today that we might have to give the casting vote for this because they've been dead level for the for the entire day. But uh, Kovacic lost out slightly with 46%, which means Mondi is what I would say is the very deserved winner of Chelsea Fancast Fanny's Man of the Match, JK. Clayton is fist pumping here. After the all story, I re- would rather he didn't, actually. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So there we go. Um, Clayton, you're very happy with that, clearly. Yeah, no, I, I think it's well-deserved. I mean, Cobble was fantastic. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it, it... I Personally, I think it should be a joint award because mm. they, they, they were both deserving of it. Yeah. it, it I think, actually, that, that Silver was absolutely brilliant. I just think occasionally one misses out on the, 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 uh, the superb qualities of one central defender just because uh, they're not as much in the spotlight. But, uh, he, but he, he, he wasn't man of the match, though, was he? 
he was, well, no, he was fantastic. He, how, how would a central defender ever be man of the match unless he scored a goal, unless he did something? You know, he was yeah. so solid and made a completely wonderful goal line stop. Yeah. So, you know, that, that possibly could be. But I, I just think that it's more difficult for defenders to become men of the match unless you do an Ashley Cole kind of job on Ronaldo. Which yeah. is pretty obvious that you're man of the match. So, oh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you say. I'm I'm perfectly happy with Mondi. And me too, mate. I voted for Mondi. Yeah, I, I I can't remember who I voted for now actually because I was very torn because I I I, I was I mean basically I kind of forced uh, Silver into this one because I thought he deserved at least a nomination. Anyway, yeah. the celery moment. Which do I have to remind everybody what a flaming celery moment is? Do I? Do I really? Okay, I will. It's a moment of comedy on or off the pitch or something that exudes proper Chelseaness, all right? So something that will make you laugh or make you brim with pride at being a Chelsea supporter. And the nominations were uh, Rudiger's uh, shot, uh, well, I said very kindly over the bar, but it was lucky that it actually didn't go over the shed. So appalling was it. And it was so awful that even he laughed, which I quite liked. Um, As we alluded to earlier... Lukaku, after scoring his first goal, went to celebrate in the corner with a traditional knee slide, but he's a big guy and his knee kind of caught in the turf and he went basically sprawled on his face, which was quite funny. I enjoyed I enjoyed that. And uh, He tried to turn it into something <laughs> deliberate. Did, did you see? He, he, could, he couldn't, could he? He couldn't. There no. was no way back from that one, man. Yeah, yeah, and he did yeah. actually say in his interview, obviously, well, I'm not going to be doing that knee slide again. No, very yeah. idea. Now, this was a bit random. This came completely out of Discord because I wouldn't have seen it. But those that were at home watching it on the telly will have seen Reese James... Uh, come out from the dressing room to take his seat, uh, presumably uh, uh, kind of behind the bench, wearing a rather bizarre turquoise, what looked like a romper suit. Uh, it reminded me of a Teletubby. Yeah, he looked rather odd. So uh, that, that got a nomination. Uh, so there we go. Uh, and the results are uh, in reverse order. Uh, basically, Reese James' Teletubby look befuddled most people. He only got 8%. Uh, Lukaku's failed knee slide got 42%. So, again, close run thing. Rudiger's shot uh, over the bar and far, far, far away got 50%. So, happy with that, boys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I voted for. Definitely. Me too. too. Right, the last one is the Guinness moment, which, of course, as we all know, is a moment of genius-like flair, which might be somewhat sexually arousing, I would would say. Because something makes you kind of go, ooh, you know. Uh, And the the nominations are... uh, uh, basically, Kovacic's pass to Lukaku that set up the goal, which was a, a thing of beauty, and actually what he did before that was pretty damn good. Uh, Mendy's double save, because I, I particularly loved that to pieces. And uh, the third nomination is another one for Kovacic, uh, for his finish for the goal, really, because I, it was the finish that was the, the, the thing that made me kind of go, oh, you know, it was a, a delightful moment. So there we go. Do you want to know what the results are? Nah. Okay, I won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Kovacic's finish uh, got 12%. Mondi's double save got 30%. I'm disappointed with that, I have to say, because I think that was that was brilliant. Uh, but I have to say, I, I, I was quite aroused by Kovacic's pass to Lukaku for the assist, and that got 58%. So I'm not... I'm not displeased in any way, shape or form, JK. Chich, could we change Guinness moment to the stiffy moment? No, because it's a Guinness moment. Okay. Because but you know why it's a Guinness moment, don't you? It's like they like like on Test Match Special, they always used to do a champagne, champagne moment. moment. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know, we can't yeah, but, we can't afford champagne, so it's Guinness for us. You keep talking about you know, a stiffy's free. Well, not necessarily. Uh, yeah, I suppose not. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave you to dwell on that for a while. Um, okay, right, like next bit of uh, as Tony likes to say, bit of parish, parish, parish news. Got some fucking parish news, you bastards. Okay, that's my Tony impression over and done with. Right, Premier League predictions league, uh, uh, week four. We're into week four now. Okay, this is incomplete because obviously, depending on what happens in the uh, Everton Burnley game, this may change, but actually, I suspect probably not. And I'm delighted to tell you that Luke Withers remains at the top of the charts. He's still our leader in the Prem Predictions League. He's got 682 points, even though he did rather badly by his standards. He only got 51 points this week. Uh, and in fact, he didn't even get a spot on. In fact, most of his predictions look weirdly similar to mine, which is probably why he's done so badly. Um, but It I've sounds got... like a lovely day for Luke, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah, that that one. Anyway, um, I'm delighted to tell you that we have a new category this week because I thought it was about time we did, which I'm going to call the performance of the week, which was definitely not me and Jonathan trying to do Bill Withers very badly. <laughs> uh, it is, in fact, and I'm so chuffed for this one, it is, it is Pierre Frizzell, who is also known as Keep the Blue Flag Flying Int North. Uh, Pierre got an amazing 251 points this week, which has rocketed him up to fourth place. So well done, Pierre. He got he got he got four spot ons. He got the Chelsea match right, the Brentford match right, the United match right, and he got the Watford match right. So well done, Pierre. That's stonking. Now where are where are we? Uh, well, Mark Worrell is in second. He's gone up to second on 554 points. Well done, Mark. Uh, Martin Wickham is in twentieth. Uh, Mark Meehan, I think, has gone up. He's in 40th. And Dean Mears is in 52nd. Uh, Dane Whittle is in 55th. Tony Glover is in 60th. I am in 64th. And JK is no longer bottom. He is on 70... He's on 73rd position. But it's only because a guy called the lovely Gabriel, who joined Patreon the other week, joined last week. Uh, He's only had one week to your three. And he's he's bottom because of that. Uh, he only but got... he's quite close to me, is he? No, no. You're you're you've got 132 points. Gabriel's first week, he's got 63. So I expect to see him creep above you fairly soon. So oh, you, please! You can... I might just yes. suddenly get something right. Please. You can you can you can re-establish yourself at your traditional position as bottom of the league, propping us all up next week, I suspect. But uh, I'm I'm more mortified and horrified by the fact that I'm doing so abjectly shit. I'm not much better than you, mate. I mean, it's just. It's just awful. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel unclean. I feel shamed. It's just terrible. Anyway, the others, of course, we've got Kerry Dixon, Paul Cannaval, and Pat Nevin in our league as well. And Kerry is currently uh, forty. I can't read the bloody paper here. No, no, he's he's forty third, and Canners is forty seventh, and Pat Pat is even worse than me. I don't think Pat turned up last week because he didn't get any points at all. So I think Pat's giving it up. So he's actually in 70th. He's only just above you, JK. He's below even me. So there we go. Clearly, the more clever and intelligent you are, the worse you are at the Prem predictions. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I'm going to put that to bed because I need to forget about it and expunge it from my memory for the horror that it is calling me and hand over the show to JK, who's got lots of emails to read out. Hurrah!
Hang on, love. Hang on, love. It's coming. It's coming. Good edit point. Come on, hang on. Hang on. Here we are. 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 This is from email number five. Dinah Jock. No, Jonathan. God. Number one. Salmon. 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 God. Simon Maloney. It was easy because it's Simon. You can make Simon out of Simon Maloney. Sorry, Simon. Simon. He's Simon. not an anagram. He's a human being. He's, a human being. he's not. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> Simon Maloney. Dear Chidge. It's for you, Chidge, not me. How about organising an invitation to listeners to submit their best CFC team based on players who've played since 1990 and played a minimum of two seasons to qualify? Keep up the good work. Simon Maloney. Well, I feel that I'm being discriminated against here because why 1990? Why not 1970? Why not why 1905? Not? Yeah, why not? Well, because <laughs> I possibly can't go back that far. But, but why you not told 19... me you were there, mate. Don't lie. Yeah, well, in spirit I was. But um, I think my dad was there. No, my dad wasn't there. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, why not? Good idea. I like that. Do you like that? Yeah, Jim? I like that. I think, I think that that could, I think what that could do, if we get them to put them in, Right. Yeah. Then yeah. then we will then we will have a show and we will discuss it. So effectively choose and then they can vote on whether they like it or do a poll or something. So there you go. It's a great idea, Simon. Thanks for letting us know that one. That's cracking. Right, here is the legend that is Loz Barnes, who is in Mixler as we speak. Uh and by the way, I, I can read what you're saying on Twitter. Yeah, this is I've got to read you this. This is this is what I have to put up with. I just love this. Loz has been looking he's just looked at his Prem predictions table. He says, I just looked in I I just looked, I'm in tenth, I'll take that. Brian says, Brian just was a chidge, there are still scousers in our table. Loz, yeah, what the fuck are they doing here? Uh, Brian, he keeps promising to email Kiro going back to week one. Yes, I know I have, and I still haven't emailed him, but I will. All right, calm down in a very scouse accent. Anyway, Loz says, evening chidge, JK at all. Needed to vent a little on Lord Voldemort, the so-called ref, I, re- I refuse to use his name anymore and the blindness of his bosses. Forget the red card on this, uh, in this on James and let's just say the law is an ass. But the lack of bookings to Liverpool, the string of crap we've had, uh, to call, had him call against us. And then I hear Matt Law saying he has no understanding about history with that ref on the London is Blue podcast. Well, Matt's clearly talking arse. So if a Chelsea journo, is, that was me, not Loz, by the way. So if a Chelsea journo isn't going to shine a light, who the hell will? We've all seen the picture montages, the great stats that show it, so I need I did a little more digging. Everyone knows his whole family are United season ticket holders, but by some miracle he supports Altrincham. Now I call that for the BS it is. I had to be a blue, and if I'd tried to put on a Spurs scarf, I would have quickly been shown the error of my ways. But he, but he isn't a mank like every other man, member in his family, but he isn't a mank. Uh, he lives two doors from Norman Whiteside. Sure, he never discusses games when they meet at the corner shop, but he isn't a mank. Hmm. As of 2018, United have won 70% of the games he held the whistle for, but he isn't a mank. He let Harry Slabhead kick any balls he liked, even those attached to Batman, but he isn't a mank. He stole two cup finals from us, and yet he supports Altrincham, doesn't have a red bone in his body, but he isn't a mank. You can see where this is going, JK. Yeah. Yeah. So, in which case... Uh, in which case he is a Chelsea hater, guilty of crimes against the fairness of the laws of the game, egotistical, protected by the wall of silence that stops the best league in the world getting decent refs. He's the only ref who makes Mike Dean look less of a twat than normal. Uh, I do, however, have a solution. The best person to give an investigation uh, to, to, to 
Ted Hastings from AC12. Clearly, the FA can't do it for themselves and the refs are a close shot with zero accountability. Clearly, this is a made-for-TV plot at this point and anti-corruption is happy to go after a bent referee. On first reading the file, Superintendent Hastings said, Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph and the wee donkey. Or something like that. Anyway, cheers and up the Chelsea, Loz. There you go. Great email, Loz. It's very, it's very good. The, the only thing I would say, and I'm not defending him for any other reason than um, than this, is I you can't expect a journalist to actually put that in print because it's no. just libelous. There's no proof no. at all, no. apart from no. obviously what we see with our own eyes. No. Uh, but you, uh, yeah, you can't. I, I, it's for the club. It's for the club to go to the FA and just say, we've had enough of this. Yeah. But that won't work either, unless you're Man United or Liverpool. Of course. Really? So there we go. We are where we are. Uh, Stephen Marshall's got a cracker in here. Uh, but similar theme, actually, JK, I think. Stephen Marshall. Hi, Chidge and the boys. Been a long time. Hope you're all keeping well in these difficult times. Thank you, Steve. I have a few things I wanted to talk to you about. Number one, firstly, what a difference the fans make, eh? What a difference the fans make. I have to admit, during the pandemic, when there weren't fans in the stadium, I was finding the games increasingly hard to watch. Now fans are back. It's like there's a renewed energy. There is a completely fantastic energy in the stadium. Number two, secondly, Anthony Bloomin Taylor, with all the big decisions he's given against us, brackets which have mostly been wrong over years, close brackets. Isn't it time the club notified the PL, FA or whoever they need to about this? I really think a light has to be shone on this as it's repeatedly happening. And I think it's hard to say he's just inept. It comes across like he's biased against us. I mean, do you agree with this? It can't just be that he's a poor referee. Number three, lastly, I wanted to talk about the title. I know it's early. I don't want to get carried away. I really think the title is coming home this season. I think we had the best transfer window, despite the media trying to push what Man United did because they got Ronaldo. They didn't even sort their midfield problem, which has been their biggest issue for years. City bottled Kane, so they're lacking a striker, which I think will also stop them winning the Champions League. And Liverpool haven't strengthened at all. What do you think, lads? Are we going to do it? Anyway, sorry for the long email. Take care and up the Chelsea. Kind regards, Stephen. That was not a long email, Stephen. You ought to see some of the emails we get. They are long, but uh, they're all they're all everything's very good. Uh, personally, um, uh, I prophesied we'd win the title at the beginning of the season, so I'm still going with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I think at the moment we're not being spoken about because of Ronaldo and because they still have a love affair with Liverpool. I was intrigued to see on match of the day last night that. Um, um, they got um, practically the whole programme was for their victory last night against Leeds. It was absolutely bizarre. Non-stop. Well, that was the only game. Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> there is that. <laughs> no, but there is that, but but they could have found another topic. They spent some time talking about Ronaldo. They could have actually spoken a little bit about, you know, Lukaku, for example, during the, the middle of it, the two goals he scored. They just played the matches. So, or they could have found something else to discuss rather than just... Liverpool, but yes, okay. I'll be intrigued to see. Did you? Did you? I don't know if you saw it, but I mean, going back to Anthony Taylor, did you see Fabinho got booked for exactly the same foul that he committed against us? So he was booked two weeks late. 
yes, yes, exactly. I remember seeing that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, but I, the, the business with Taylor, I mean, they think he's one of the best referees ever. And unfortunately, you can see by the way he referees, he thinks he's one of the best re referees ever. Uh, so um, he isn't going to doubt any of his decisions. Uh, I don't think there's any kind of um, recrimination within or even analysis within the referees clique. Um, they may, uh, I would be intrigued to see what happens when there's somebody in the crowd doing the assessment of the referees as to what they say to Taylor. Do they actually say to them, you didn't, why didn't you book a Chelsea, uh, a Liverpool player out of the 14 fouls they did? And yet the Chelsea players you booked, you booked two. His excuse would be, well, they lost control and the, one of them kicked the ball at a player. So he would say that he was allowed to give the two, the two uh, yellows. And I think at the moment they're trying to endeavour not to give yellow cards as much as they did. I mean, I'm finding the lack of VAR on occasions very peculiar, the lack of analysis. So it's almost as if clubs are just giving in to um, the referee's decision on the pitch. And as a consequence, uh, I think things are being missed. So I think we're slightly veering towards, well, you know, the referee's decision is final again, where in actual fact, everything should be checked by by uh, VAR. I mean, even the, the poor boy who had his... Um, the Liverpool guy had his uh, dislocated his ankle. Uh, I know we did; they didn't want to show it just because of its its gruesomeness. But um, it would have been nice to have analysed a few of the moments. We didn't see that on VAR at all as to whether he should have been sent off. No, it, I, I basically re, we rewound it, and it was absolutely horrendous. And I have no criticism at all of the TV okay. companies not showing again. No, no, no. I'm just I'm more concerned with the fact that but the, the, the tackle was not ascending off. Absolutely, it but was really that, unfortunate. It was unfortunate. Just but it, I mean, he wearing. got sent off because of the injury. Not, I mean, yeah, obviously totally. he caused it. In, in you know in brackets, but it it wasn't a sending off tackle. Oh, they, it that have happened the other way around, though. But of, course, but of course, Klopp comes walking onto the pitch yes. without admonishment, without punishment at yes. all, to confront the referee. Yeah, I mean he no. should, he he should be getting a ban for that. But he won't. No, I know, and he does it all he the won't. fucking time. But Mourinho, Mourinho got banned for coming yeah, onto the pitch, exactly. didn't he? Exactly. You know, and Klopp does it so many. It's just fucking corrupt the whole thing. Um, but you know, but some of the dreadful decisions that Taylor has made over the years, which are against us, yeah. he should have been demoted. He should. But I don't want to talk about him anymore because he just gets me into a reet bad mood. I'll reet pet. All right. I don't want to talk about. I don't want. To, I don't want to ever hear that word. Those two words together again. Andrew Taylor. Whether whether it's Taylor Anthony. Or Anthony Taylor, I don't care. I just don't Anthony want to Taylor. Anyway, um, Steve, I thought Steve's point about the atmosphere being brilliant, I think, is is very indicative. We're very happy to be back, Steve, and I think we're we're making up for for a lot of uh, lost time by by making our presence felt. And uh, I think I think it was very interesting on Saturday. I thought our support was actually very good. Yeah, wonderful. And I thought Villa's support was very good yeah. until they until they sung that our support was fucking shit which couldn't have been further from the truth. It was one of the games when our sport wasn't actually fucking shit. They actually sang, is this a library? While yeah. we were singing, um, we know what we are. Yeah. Champions of Europe. I thought, hang on, we're all ever singing that. Why? There's no library Because here. there's no, there's no, there's no, there's, whilst there is often sense to what is sung Indeed. in terms of counterpoints, quite often yeah. there is no sense to what is sung. And they were just, no. I mean, in, 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 in mitigation for Villa fans, not that it they was, need me to mitigate yeah. them, they like I would be as an away fan. They're just doing everything they can to sing their hearts out for ninety minutes. 
of actually saying it, we can see you sneaking out. I, I thought, no, you don't sing that. Know, you only sing that when you're losing, you know. I know. It's, right. Ian Wood. Uh, he says, hi, all. Only just discovered your podcast around time for the Champions League final. And I think he means 2021, not 2012. Uh, and regular listener since. Always amuses me. Proper Chelsea. This season is my 50th year of watching Chelsea. So seen a few ups and downs during that period. Uh, think what we're building now could be our best ever. Anyway, anyway, always room for improvement. So swiftly, my only complaint, you're going to love this, JK. <laughs> Recycling the David Louise song for Tommy Tuchler Anfield. For fuck's sakes. And he spelt fuck's sakes properly too. We're better than that. So here's an idea for you. Human League. He was working as a waiter in a cocktail bar. Thomas Tuchel. That's not bad, actually. That's not bad. Uh, P.S. Come on the Chelsea. I, I'm getting a bit fucked off with everybody going, so there's no Thomas Tuchel song. The one that we got is for shit. I've done the best one ever about a year and a half. Well, a year, I don't know, whenever he turned up. I did it in in February, and it was brilliant. And just because I sang it in a stupid German accent, nobody likes it. If I'd have sang it properly, then I reckon it would have caught on. And I am going to probably do another version, the Chidge's Tuchel song, the remix, and I'll do it in an English proper Chelsea accent. Well, Chidge, what we should do is when you become when you come as my guest to the uh, uh, to Aussies, we should be the two people to sing it. Yeah, but nobody sings in the East up in middle, so what's the point of that? Oh, blast! I knew there was a problem. You know, do they do? do they, you occasionally get a carefree out of them. It's true. It's true. East End, East End, give us a song. East End, give us a song. And there's a kind carefree. of carefree. <laughs> That's it. Isn't it? We we love you though, really. Um, I I loved that email, Ian. Brilliant to hear from you. Sorry that we you've got to us so late. Blimey, how did that happen? Anyway, I like I like that. It's not a bad start, the uh, Human League one. But that's kind of because I like that song, really. I suppose. I don't actually. I'm sorry. I don't get the Human League. I get he was work. Did he work as a waiter in a cocktail bar? Is that what he did? I didn't. He know did. That. No, he did. That Ian's right. got that spot on. He worked in a bar. Okay, he was working as a waiter in a cocktail bar. But the, where does Thomas Tuchel come in there? I don't because it should be um, that much is true. Thomas, Thomas Tuchel. Tuchel. He was working. It doesn't quite scan that bit. I don't think that's what I think. That's where it won't catch on. That's why it won't work because it needs to be. It needs to be four lines if it's going to be that complicated. Sorry to be to throw cold water on it. It's I love the idea, but it anything is better than the David Luiz. I mentioned that in the fan bite. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe they were singing that. Oh dear, but um, but yes, but well done, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Um, uh, Anthony Taylor. Uh, right, good. Um, uh, number five, Diana Jupp. Dear Uncle Chidge and the gang. Uncle, Why are you Uncle Chidge? Why are you Uncle Chidge to some people, Chidge? Clearly, yeah, cl clearly, yes, might be the case. Yeah, you're not related to her, are you, no, Diana? No, 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 really, no. Really, your uncle? Are you? No. no. Okay. Um, although I praise you on a weekly basis, does she? Mm -hmm. uh, and I, of course, your biggest fan. Is she? I've never thanked you all personally for getting me through lockdown. Oh, it's all of us. Sorry, that was a... It's all of us. Yeah, again. It's been a tough time so for everyone. hang on a minute. Is, are you yeah. her uncle, then? And uh, am I her uncle? Yeah. If it's to all of us. This is getting really complicated. So um... Just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Taylor. Um... 
Uh, dear Uncle Chidge and the gang, although I praise you on a weekly basis, I'm, of course, your biggest fan. I've never thanked you all personally for getting me through the lockdown. It's been a tough time for everyone more than anything. We lost our freedom and our way of life, which included our run-of-the-mill day-to-day activities. Zoom kept us going through those dark times. We had quizzes and online parties. The one thing missing was my beloved Chelsea. The only way to keep me connected was listening to all of my downloaded episodes of the Chelsea Fancast. For 10 years, I've watched and listened to you live. There were times I couldn't tune in, so I had many archived. Listening to the theme tune and the dulcet tones ooh, of you all gave me that connection again. On many occasions, you thanked me for my support. I've never thanked you for helping me get through an extremely dark time. Long may you reign for many years to come as the best podcast and some of the best people. I'm only some. I'm privileged to call friends. Much love and hopefully see you soon. That's completely lovely, isn't it, Chidge? Wow. Thank you, Diana. Brilliant. And Di- Diana is completely lovely too. And and uh, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, Diana uh, runs the Chelsea FC Blue Bloods group on Facebook, which effectively became the kind of de, de facto Chelsea Fancast Facebook group because they basically got so fucked off with the original Chelsea Fancast Facebook group. And then, then, then the lovely Liam Hawks broke it for some reason. So I couldn't delete anybody or do anything with it. So Diana picked it up and run with it. She's got some really great people in there, including actually Frank LeBeuf, amongst others. And she runs that brilliantly with a rod of iron. She's fantastic. And she lets me post all of our episodes up there and my articles. And she's absolutely wonderful. And there you go. And she knows a lot of people that we know, like Gaffer and people like that. She's lovely. She's brilliant. And uh, uh, she, she may be my greatest fan, but I am her greatest fan. That's for sure. She's a massive, loyal Chelsea supporter, been going for years, and she loves the fan cast and us, and we love her too. So there we go. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Now, somebody else we love, actually, is uh, your mate, JK, the lovely yep. Kenroy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kenroy from San Lucia. Uh, and uh, he's written us an absolute dinger here. He says, Chidge, Chijo, salam alaikum, brother. I've finally gotten off my arse to type this preseason, yes, preseason email, but Clayton is on, so I had to ensure I write. I must say I'm not a housewife, though. You must read the email yourself, though, Chidge, as I'm still mad at JK for saying that the club fired Frank at the right time. Please imitate this emoji face at him when you read this. Did I actually say that? Apparently. Anyway, we must move on. We'd all made a pact that we were willing to put trophies on hold if necessary, while Frank developed a new culture at the club, but some couldn't stomach the growing pains and backed out. Yes, all feel vindicated having won the Champions League, but loyalty is more important. Anyway, we're all eager to move on from the Frank saga, but each time someone keeps bringing up Frank to compare him to Tuchel, you can't help thinking, what exactly did people expect? Uh, Are we surprised that the career manager of 20 years was so far ahead of the novice of two and a half years? Surely not. No context is ever really given to the situation when the cheeky digs are made in passing. Frank had quite a few achievements that seemed to be forgotten. For one, his team scored plenty of goals, unlike Tuchel's. Third, most in the league in Frank's full season. Yes, yes, the defence was shit, we know. But, But people seem to forget that great run of clean sheets when Mendy first came. Frankly, I say all the better that we just leave the whole thing alone or we'll be round in circles. On to Tuchel. He's not off the hook yet. The Champions League is a nice consolation. Consolation, Kenroy? Come on. Kenroy, what? Be all and end all. He's done a brilliant job since he's come in, obviously. He's really shown his pedigree. However, losing the FA Cup, then losing to Aston Villa with the entire season on the line, relying on Spurs for top four. What the fuck was that about? 
Never have I felt so dirty as a football fan having to ask for a Spurs victory. I threw up hard that day to get the taste out of my mouth, but it didn't help. I'm still in therapy now, actually. Fuck that. Uh, so there we go. Uh, we certainly did well getting the Champions League, but granted, it could have been so easily... Sorry, it could have easily been a completely different story. I'm just looking to be more convinced this season. We got off on the right foot by beating Aston Villa up this time round. I would personally like to see a move away from the excessively defensive 3-4-3 and start putting teams to the sword. That may take some time, but Tuchel, being the mastermind that he's touted to be, should be able to get the best out of the array of attacking talent that we have down the line. That may mean the best player in Europe may be squeezed out as he may not fit into a less defensive system. But I'm not. I'm sure now that Kovacic has started a goal-scoring and assisting run of form will be fine. I'm not uh, not totally convinced that we're at the level to win the league yet. We all know it's uh, not just how high you peak, but it's how long you peak for. The last couple of champions have had to go on ridiculous record-winning runs to win it all. We definitely have the potential, but we also lose to West Brom every now and then or draw to Leeds or lose to Villa, you know, shit like that. Uh, We do need to win the league sooner rather than later, though. We've massively underachieved in the league over the last 17 years. We should have had more than five in that period, while City got five in only nine years and Man United uh, one time got five in seven years. Personally, it's the FA Cup I really want this time around to get that chip off our back, losing two finals. P.S. It was really cool meeting your buddy Mike and his family. Pretty cool dude. I think I bored him and he fell asleep in the middle of a sentence. Ask him about that. I will, Kenroy. In summary, one, leave Frank alone. Two, looking forward to see how Tuchel can really take us to the next level. Three, I guess we can let JK out of the doghouse now. Four, see if you can get Mrs. Chidge to ever appear on the fancast. Keep the Discord group flying high, fellas. Kenroy. Well, I can answer some of those. Uh, Mrs. Chidge is never going to appear on the fancast. Uh, it would be more than her life is worth. And what I would say um, about the 3-4-3, three, three, um, I don't think it's a defensive formation at all. And uh, both Ronald Koeman and Louis van Gaal both said as much and absolutely eviscerated a journalist for saying it was a defensive formation. Uh, it, it's not at all. It, it, it's, it's flexible. It's great when we're out of position, it's very defensive and you build a five-man wall at the back. But when you're in attack, you've got, uh, you know, one, two, five people in attack, effectively, if you want. So I don't think it's defensive. But uh, I love I love the tenet of your email, as I always do. Now, before we disappear for a very quick break and then come back and spend about 10 minutes talking about the match tomorrow, um, I've got a plug for Marco Worrell's latest Gate 17 book called Blue Hitman. Uh, hit men in fact Chelsea's 25 greatest goals it's by the lovely Paul Radcliffe who I met at the stall on Saturday and he signed the copy that I have there's a forward by Kerry Dixon uh, and a limited edition of the book signed by Paul and Kerry it will be available from the CFC UK store for £10 and of course the standard paperback and ebook versions from Amazon Uh, and individual moments of genius in your memory bank goals that make you proud to have witnessed them that's uh, just a bit of the forward from Kerry Dixon I haven't read it yet but it looks like a cracker So I'm looking forward to reading that one. So uh, anyway, we will uh, be back in a very, very brief minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com
Right, welcome back. Stanford Chidge here on the Chelsea Fancast with Mr Clayton Beerman, the housewife choice. Good evening. And uh, Jonathan Kidd, the choice of the people. The people's choice. There we go. Fair enough? Yeah, well. Okay, right. So, we got Zenit tomorrow. Um... And I think the first thing, really, I mean, we, we, we could talk about the team selection. I've done my little bit of homework, as I always do. Um, but I'm thinking Mondi, Aspilicueta, Silva, Rudiger, Alonso, Jorginho, Kovacic, James, Mount Lukaku, Havertz. Discuss. Uh, Silva won't play two games in three days. Uh, Christensen will play. Um... And I think uh, Chilwell will play instead of Alonso. Uh, and I think Werner will play instead of Havertz. So basically what you're saying as a consequence, and I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you, because that's, necess- that's kind of a mix between what I would love to see and what I think he might do, right? Mm. But uh, um, what you're saying in a sense is that he thinks that Zenit are shit... So pretty much any team he puts out should be able to put put a few past them. No. Okay, so logical. Um, Christensen for Silva is a no-brainer because Silva can't play two games in so short space of time. Uh, Chilwell has to get a game. Uh, I heard Simon Johnson say, um, and quite an interesting theory, that he thinks that Alonso got the captaincy as a sort of a soften the blow so you're not playing next game. Um and I think Werner for Havertz uh, makes sense. Werner hasn't started a game yet this season. Mm, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, and I think I think you may well be right. I mean, J.K., what say you? What oh oh great sage, what say you? Well, I think that Clayton speak well. Um, Are you from Wales? No, I think I'm from. Uh, Sound like you're uh, on over, over the engine. You know, that would be. <laughs> So alienating anybody under fifty. <laughs> well, no, Don Donald Foley. Would you know, if I was Welsh, I'd be speaking more like that, wouldn't I? Um, but um, no, I was uh, I was giving a kind of strange, you know, uh, uh, actorish voice. Um, uh, yes, all those things are possible. Um, um, I always think you'd like him to play the best side, wouldn't you? Yeah. But he he won't play them. He'll give Mount another go. He'll go because of the, what we discovered at the weekend. He Mount's one of his best players. We'll play him. He'll. Uh, I agree with Havertz. We're not sure, but the, the chances are for me he'll play Havertz and not play Werner. But yes, he should give Werner a go. But why should he give Werner a go with such a in such a high profile game? I mean, he've done his research on Zenit. You know, he might discover that Werner's the perfect player playing against Zenit they've got a you know a, a very slow left right fullback or something I don't know there are there are unknowns it's very difficult for us to make this judgment but I agree he will probably play Christensen instead of still Silver and yet Clayton um we've been wrong in the past where he plays he plays twice in three in, in three days so well he, I, you know. I'm yeah I mean listen I mean Chichi's side is perfectly acceptable and perfectly yeah. possible um it's interesting actually that uh, Silver cramped up at the end of the game didn't he Yes, so indeed he possibly won't play, um, but uh, he may play Alonso, and Chilwell only gets in for the Carabao Cup game. Um, it depends on what they're doing in training. If he said in 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 the presser today that Chilwell's come right back to fitness, and it's just a question of uh, making decisions, yeah, perhaps that's opening the door for Chilwell playing tomorrow. 
um, which is, is very possible. But I think he'll play. Um, he's not going to play Kante because he's not ready. Uh, he's still injured. I think he mentioned that. Um, well, I'd uh, much rather if, if Kante was anywhere near fitness, we saved him for Sunday. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And then um, Jorginho is... Um, uh, Jorginho will play. So, um, yeah, and, and obviously Lukaku will play. So it's just a question of uh, of any of the three. Um, who's he going to chitch from the wingers? You know, I mean... Uh, you never know, Zayek might make another appearance and it might not be Havertz. It might be Zayek and Werner. We, I, you know, whatever. We just know that somebody's got to get, they've got to get the ball much more to Lukaku, which Rhys James appears to be very capable of doing and coming back and defending. So obviously James will play, in which case Dave doesn't get a go. Um, and yet he'll probably come on in the second half as uh, when when he makes wants to make a defensive decision or, or move it about a bit. But yeah. Uh, well, I, and, think, I think he'll play a strong side because you can't, no, you can't you know, play three side. three oh, no, points no. from your first group game. Oh yeah, is is all important in the Champions essential. League. It's essential. Well, well, I, I don't. It's not just that, Clayton. I think number number one. You know, this is our first home game. Fair enough. But Zenit are the weakest team in in the group. So it's not just about beating them. He's got to thump them. I think really. We're also the champions of Europe. So you've got all that hanging around you when you go into the first. Uh, you know the first game, you're the defending champions. You need to put a, a you know put a stamp on that, and you know Zenit have got a, a, a shocking shocking record in the Champions League. They don't. I think they've they've beaten. Oh, this is a great quiz question. They've only ever beaten one English side in Europe. Do you know who that was? Tottenham. Nope. Um, Leicester. Nope. Bradford City. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, Brad. You know when they won the won the League Cup, yeah, or they got in by default for some reason. I don't know. So you know that they're, they're shocking against English teams. They're, they're they're fairly good at home for obvious reasons because they're in bloody St Petersburg where it's free, you freeze your bollocks off. But you know we should we should be giving these guys a dubbing tomorrow. But again, as Clayton rightly says, you cannot take these 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 games lightly because you get bitten on the arse if you do as we found out didn't we in 2012-13 when we were defending champions and we north that up but they've got like a lot of russian sides they've got they've got a lot of brazilians bizarrely uh, wendell and Mal- malcolm i love these great Mal- a brazilian called malcolm how does that work wendell and malcolm and claudinho that's more brazilian isn't it who's uh, a bit of a, a bit of a flair player who's just won an olympic gold medal with brazil um, and uh, was also, I think, the, the joint top scorer in Brazil's Serie A with 18 league goals. So he's a player to watch and uh, maybe not worry about, but be mindful of. So, you know, even though we should put a few past them, I suspect that they're no mugs. So there you go. So that having been said, um, what? how's it going to go down, Clayton? And are you going? Are you going tomorrow? Uh, I'm not. I'm not going because I've basically got tickets to see Nick Cave play in Oxford. So, <laughs> what you're going to do? You have to buy these tickets before the draws are made, etc., yeah. etc. Et um, anyway, so no, I'm not going, and I think we'll win three nil. Mm. Okay, J.K. I'm going, and I think we'll win three nil. Yeah, I, I've got a, I've got a kind of a feeling for three nil as well. Actually, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? We beat Palace three nil. We beat Villa 3-0. I like the symmetry of it. And we're sponsored by three. We've we've done this story before. I'm having a massive bit of deja vu here. 
So uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking three three nil. I think it'll be very interesting to see who he plays. But here's the thing: we've got a deep, deep, deep squad. And you said earlier on, J.K., we've now got two really good players for each position. So we've got said it. Yeah, said it. but well, I, I'm. But it's what I've always kept talking about yeah. ever since Kenyon said that um, when we were in 2005. He said that was his aim. Yeah. So you know, we need to go and prove that. You know, that's the whole point of having a deep, big, good quality squad. That you've got players that come in, they know the system, and they've got to play well. So. It could be a very interesting evening tonight. I, I can't go tomorrow either because I'm working until seven, sadly. So that's me scuppered. But uh, I should be watching it on ye old TV. But uh, obviously, I hope they put in a good performance. So there we go. Uh, and good luck to one and all. And anybody who's going, have a great time. Enjoy it on my behalf and have a pint or ten anyway. Uh, we've now got to go. Otherwise, uh, I shall be hearing from uh, basically uh, Titan's agent, also known as his lovely wife. Uh, she'll be increasing his fee. And uh, finding me, no doubt. But uh, do send her my best, actually, Clayton. Whatever you do, no, no. I will do. I'll send her your apologies for keeping me away from her. She'll just, probably thank you. Just, just say it was J.K. again. He rabbited on, and it was nothing that she. I will. Do. I will do that. That's our usual. That's our usual excuse, that. isn't it? Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. willing yeah. to accept that. Yeah. I'm willing to be the the fall boy. All right. That is all we've got time for this week. I'm afraid, but J.K. and myself will be joined by Dino. Mr. Mears is back, and uh, the lovely Adam Newson from Football on Friday at 7pm for our Friday night preview show previewing the match against Spurs on Sunday ooh big match and looking back at Tuesday evening tomorrow night's match against Zenit now don't forget to check out Dean's Went to Mo Kings Meadow podcast on the Chelsea FC women's team and of course the Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify as well as other good and some indifferent podcast distributors now you heard me mentioning um, Patreon earlier on we've got loads of people who've joined up it's really lovely that you feel so disposed against us to bung a few quid our way and it really does help me to kind of you know find the time to do this and uh, producing it and obviously hopefully entertaining you in the process if you want to do that uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast and if you do you will get a Kerry Dixon uh, replica banner like the one that hangs up in the Matthew Harding end and of course you get invited to our discord group where so many of us enjoy having a bit of chat don't forget to send your emails in to chelseafancast at gmail.com by end of the day Sunday uh, also you can get hold of us on Patreon or Instagram or Twitter you know the score and you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59. And as I said, Chelsea Fancast at Chelsea Fancast on all the social media platforms. So there we go. We are done. Clayton, lovely to see Hello. you. Lovely to see you as always. Looking looking resplendent in your Sun Studios t-shirt. It's been great. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's always lovely to see you, mate. What I would really like is to be actually be able to see you at a game and have a beer with you. Uh, well, I will be at the next home game, whenever that is, at Man City. Yeah, definitely. At 12.30, is Right, so, yeah. Yeah, well, I will see you that day. All right, well, make a, make a date. Uh, JK, always an absolute pleasure to see you. Uh, your your genius and uh, legend will will go down in, in, in for all time for the fan bites you, alone. You, oh, shucks, you. shucks, shucks. It's lovely to see you, mate. Really good fun. Enjoyed it tonight. Was, oh, brilliant. Everton have made it 2-1. Stick at that. That's what I've got in my Prem Predictions League. Okay, thank you. Right, on that happy note, yes, JK, I might get a spot on. You never know. Woo-hoo. I've only got to hang out for another... Uh, 25 minutes right you lot in Mixler as always you've been brilliant we love seeing you in there especially Donald who's just said 
Yes, uplifting to hear an Oliver Postgate reference. So there you go. Oh, well done. There you go. Donald Bagpuss. Bagpuss to you. Indeed. And nogging the nog to you too, JK. Now, uh, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.